This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up whatever's on your mind via the toll-free number, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It is Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site, we give them away. It is the Saturday edition. You call in, you bring uh, bring up whatever you want. That's the point of the show. Website again, freetalklive.com, number 800 259 9231. I've been sitting on a piece of uh, video. I guess since we're doing a radio show, it's you're going to hear the audio side of it, and that's really the most relevant uh, part of it. That's a good thing. The piece of video is of a certain pastor who was stopped recently at a Border Patrol checkpoint in, I believe it was Arizona. Yeah. The story here is from CheckpointUSA.org. Now, CheckpointUSA's Roadblock Revelations, it's a blog that is, uh, as it describes itself, is exposing the police state one checkpoint at a time. Uh, the guy that runs the site, Terry, has been for a couple years now going through these internal suspicionless checkpoints that the Border Patrol has set up and has been going through them with a video camera and recording every single encounter that he's had. And he's done an amazing job at standing up for his rights and asserting himself and not allowing these border patrol agents to walk all over him like they do with everybody else most you know 99% of the people that'll go through that uh, any given checkpoint and in case you don't know the border patrol is setting up internal checkpoints in the southern uh, within 100 miles uh, of the southern and northern borders of the country so you don't even necessarily even have to be on a road that intersects with the border there's a good chance that the Border Patrol is going to be there and checking every single car that comes through, asking intrusive questions like, you know, what's your citizenship, things like that. And so Terry has done an amazing job of, uh, of kind of chronicling and, and documenting uh, this as he goes through there. And, and whenever they ask him, you know, what's your citizenship, he's always coming back with questions, never giving answers, always coming back with questions like, uh, well, am I free to go? Or am I being, am I detained? being detained? Yeah, and they don't like that very much, so they just ask them him the same question over and over again. And eventually, they let him go. They've never actually, you know, arrested him or detained him or anything like that. It's been right. interesting watching this. Well, you know, the, the the I don't know. I'm sure the border guards don't like it, but most of these people are not trained in the U.S. Constitution. They don't know what the Fourth Amendment of the United States is. Well, they swore an oath to uphold the Constitution. That's beside the point. Uh, you know, our public services servants have been uh, swearing oaths to this document that they haven't read, don't care anything about, um, as along with our politicians uh, for for decades, for uh, centuries, honestly, and they don't know what it says and they don't care and the, the the fact is if if these border patrol agents can stop you on the road and ask you all kinds of questions and circle dogs around your car well can't they come to your house yeah and why tell not you, yeah, tell you that hey we're looking through your house there could be immigrants here you know it's and, just a matter of they haven't done it yet yep. that's all um, as a matter of fact, uh, on, in this case of this pastor, they brought a dog out that uh, alerted on his car for I, I, Mexicans, for somebody in the anything. trunk. They didn't um, find anything. Must have been drug dogs. They didn't find drugs. No, no they didn't. But, uh, you know, you know how it is with the dogs. These people train the dogs to alert. They yes. don't train the dogs to alert on something. Certainly they've got dogs that will find drugs, but, um, you know, those those aren't the ones that they bring out to alert on cars. Well, they, those dogs are trained to find drugs, but you can also train them to just alert on command. Yep. So, uh, <laughs> or you could just say the dog alerted. I mean, look, as, how would you know? Moved. Right. Right. So, uh, so Terry over at Checkpoint USA has been doing a great job of uh, covering this tyranny that's going on within our own country. And I think most people are blissfully unaware of, 
Uh, but he also has been covering people that are doing things besides himself. And Stephen Anderson is an individual who was recently brutalized at an internal suspicionless checkpoint by bo- uh, Border Patrol agents and Arizona DPS officers. He has posted the video of this. So apparently this particular pastor did have a video camera with him at the time and captured his own tasering. Uh, on on video here, and I just wanted to share the demeanor of these officers and just kind of give you a taste of what it was like to be inside the cab with uh, Pastor Stephen Anderson in Arizona. So, pull this up here. You are under arrest. And You're what what crime arrest. what crime am I being charged with? Okay. These guys are telling me that a canine alerted to your vehicle for the presence. And I've asked repeatedly for that dog to be brought back out because I say that it didn't happen. So what's happened here? is the Border Patrol has stopped this man, and they allegedly brought a dog out that allegedly uh, alerted on Now, the on man hasn't vehicle. been out of his car, so he wouldn't know whether or not, uh, you know, the, 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 the reverend hasn't been out of his car, so he wouldn't know whether the, a dog alerted or not. Now, obviously, these Border Patrol agents don't have the power to pull this guy out of the car, or they would have. That's why they call the, DPS. the DPS, which is essentially their Department uh, highway of patrol. Safety. Yeah, they're essentially their highway patrol. And they uh, told DPS, hey, right. this dog, we have a dog that alerted on this car. And so here you have the problem of authority. Okay. Now we've uh, the, you know, there's been scientific uh, experiments over and over again that show that people will do essentially anything. Some people will do essentially anything if told that by an authority figure. Right. So you have these border patrol agents who aren't Feds. who aren't real law enforcement officers, but and they're they, federal government but, agents. But they're outside of their uh, purview at the border. They should be tra- guarding the border. They've got badges, Mark. They're real enough. Look, they could kick this guy to sleep if they had the power to. They didn't. Yeah. Okay. They called the FHP, or excuse me, the uh, Arizona Highway Patrol, the D- Department of Safety, or whatever it's mm-hmm. called there, and they called him to do this stuff. And then they said, "Hey, that guy didn't come out of his car when we told him to. He's a bad, bad, bad civilian." And that's where we're at. Right. So this uh, DPS officer leans in, says, "You're under arrest." He says, "Basically, what for? I never saw this canine thing happen, and neither did you." DPS agent, you've come here arresting me based on the say-so of these other people. Let let me read real quick the Fourth Amendment, just for everybody out there, so we know what the ground rules are that we're playing with here. The document that we've we've, uh, crumpled up and thrown away is called the Constitution, but they still say that they, they abide by it. The right of the people to be secure in their persons, houses, papers, and effects against unreasonable searches and seizures shall not be violated, and no warrants shall issue but upon probable cause. Um... I mean, to me, it's reasonable to say, no, you can't look in my trunk. I think so. Now, but they think it's reasonable to look least, in your trunk. At the very least, if you've got a drug dog, at the very least, if you've got a drug dog that's, uh, that you said alerted, bring out the drug dog and show me he could alert. That's what he's asking for here, and here's the response that he gets. And they are refusing to get the dog back out because they know that they're not telling the truth. You can do one because I wouldn't answer their questions. They came up with that. Or I'm going to take you out of the car. Well, let me ask this. What? Which, by the way, you've no obligation to answer their questions. Now, that doesn't mean they're not going to take you and hurt you and put you in a jail cell, but you have no obligation to answer their questions. Well, that's all government is, is it's monopoly privilege on the use of force, and these people intend to use it. Right, so he didn't answer the questions, so they claimed they brought a dog out, and then they called this guy out. When you place someone under arrest, don't you have to put them under arrest for something specific? I'm a police officer. I'm ordering you out of the car. Will you answer my question, police officer? I'm a police officer. What are you placing me under arrest for? Prepare to obey me right now.
Oh. oh, see now, I thought we got rid of kings in this country. I thought that we w- we were a, a, a nation of laws. That's what I was. T- that's what I've been told. I've been told well. by by all the the good good folks at the uh, Republican uh, little meetings that I've been. We're a nation of laws. Well, yeah. no, we're not Doesn't because the law... they've made laws that say that the cop can tell you to do whatever the hell he wants, but... even if it violates the Constitution, and you've got to obey it, or they're going to bring out their tasers. How about a violation of a chain of of just the chain of logic? I mean, the question that he asked. First and foremost is what am I being arrested for? After hemming and hawing for a little bit, the officer finally says, "I'm a police officer, and I'm going to arrest you because you need to because you aren't obeying what I'm saying right now." Well, wait, what were you arresting me for in the first place? If what you're arresting me for now is the, is because I'm not obeying you by getting out of the car, what were you originally trying to arrest me for? He didn't have anything. He they're just making stuff up. That's what they do. Right. When when things don't go their way, the law enforcement officers, unfortunately, by and large, will just make stuff up. Now, I, I do believe there are some of them out there that try very hard to uh, abide by the Constitution, and I'll bet you they get a lot of trouble from their superiors when they refuse to uh, do something that's contrary to it. I think it's the I think the problem uh, the problem is systemic. Well, I would love to meet some cops that actually obey the Constitution uh, above and beyond the orders they're receiving from their higher ups. I've never met one. And I've known some cops that I like, that I consider good guys, that I believe are trying to do the right thing, but they're scared to death about doing anything, or rather not doing anything, that they are told to do by their superiors. They're scared they're going to be punished politically. They're scared they might even lose their jobs. I don't believe there are police out there that will refuse to, uh, that will refuse to obey unconstitutional orders, because they get them all the time. Go arrest that pot smoker. That, to me, is unconstitutional. Free talk line. This is Free Talk Live. It's the Saturday edition of the program. You can bring up whatever's on your mind. Toll free, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll free line. 1-800-259-9231. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All of the features on the site, we give them away. Now, if you uh, are enjoying this show, you want to help support Free Talk Live, you can do that by becoming an amplifier for as little as 3 bucks a month. We'll take that money and reinvest it into the show. Getting on more radio stations around the country, bringing more Internet listeners on board, exposing new people to the ideas of freedom. So go to amp.freetalklive.com to learn more about the AMP program. You'll get perks like access to the AMP-only call-in lines and more, all at amp.freetalklive.com. Audible.com offers over 60,000 downloadable audiobooks, magazines, and radio shows for your iPod or MP3 player to work on any MP3 player. You can try them out by downloading a free audiobook today, and they have just about every book you can imagine. So if there's a book out there you've been thinking about getting, get it for your MP3 player and see how see what it's like to, to get an, a full unabridged audiobook. Uh, just to show you how unabridged, Atlas Shrugged is 63 hours long. <laughs> audiblepodcast.com slash FTL is in Free Talk Live. Audiblepodcast.com slash FTL. So we're talking about a, a relatively new situation here in America, and that is these internal checkpoints that the Border Patrol has been setting up. There are a number of them uh, along the southern border, not actually on the border, but within 100 miles north of the southern border. And there are even, I think, a handful of them uh, along the northern border as well, or rather 100 miles south of the uh, the Canadian border. So what happens is you'll be stopped at these uh, checkpoints. It doesn't matter if you're leaving the country or not. If you just happen to be in the area driving down that road, you'll be stopped and harassed uh, by these Border Patrol officers. And if you think about everybody who's uh, 100 miles from any international border, and that would include coastlines, and I 
I don't know if in this particular instance they're including coastlines, but if they decide, it seems like the next step. If you consider how many people in the United States live within 100 miles of the coast or a border, you're talking about the vast majority of Americans are now subject to just suspicionless searches of their um, persons, papers, and effects, eh, you know, and you don't like it, lump it. So I just I guess I'm curious, and we're going to play some more of this audio of the of Pastor Stephen Anderson's encounter with these Border Patrol agents. The Border Patrol then uh, called in Arizona's DPS to arrest uh, Stephen because he wasn't answering questions. Basically, uh, they didn't actually have a reason to arrest him. They were just going to arrest him and then figure it out later, which is what the cops do. Usually, they'll charge you with disorderly conduct or something like that. If they actually have no real reason to be arresting you, they'll just that's their catch-all charge. They'll yep. just slap you well, with one of those. What the, he committed one of the um, the most grievous offenses you can commit today. And not answering questions? Well, disobeying. If by disobeying you mean not answering Correct. questions. Correct. That's disobedience. I'm sorry. Well, I mean, you've the right to remain silent, supposedly. Of course, as we found Bull out crap. recently, our friend Sam, uh, our co-host on this show, is now sitting in a jail cell coming up on his full fifth week uh, because he utilized his so-called right to remain silent, and they are holding him without trial because of it. So if you actually try to exercise any of your yeah, rights these rights that country, they tell you you have? <laughs> yeah, if you actually try to exercise your rights, uh, you will find out quite quickly that the system is not interested in allowing you to have those rights, that it's just all been an illusion. It's all been a scam the whole time. It's just that most people haven't ever bothered to try to exercise their rights, so they never really found out for sure. They just go along with whatever the police say. And, of course, I'm sure there are people that are listening that are saying to themselves, well, you should answer every question the police ask you. Well, this is outrageous. If you're down by the border, you could be causing trouble. You need to be stopped. You need to be questioned. And I must ask, if you are somebody that is uh, it is that is totally fine with being stopped and questioned uh, by the Border Patrol, what do you think should happen to someone who decides they don't want to answer questions? What do you think should be the punishment for that? Well, here's what happened to Stephen Anderson as he was, uh, again, pulled over on the side of the road in Arizona. Arizona Department of Public Safety officer called out to arrest him, and he asks, why am I being arrested? Specific. I'm a police officer. I'm ordering you out of the car. Will you answer my question, police officer? Yes, I'm a police officer. What are you placing me under arrest for? Prepare to obey me right now. As a so I have to obey you by law? Yes, you should. Even when you're stopping me without cause? What obligation... Do we have to obey these men? Besides the gun on their hip, besides the threat of violence, what obligation exists for us to obey the, these, the, the orders of these men in uniform wearing badges? The idea of the Constitution was to put a limit on government. Because the Founding Fathers understood that government could very quickly go to an unlimited extent. And the Constitution has been slowly eroded. These protections, supposedly, uh, for individuals have been slowly eroded. The Constitution didn't give rights. The Constitution enshrines some rights. You have the right not to answer somebody who's asking you questions. So I'm going to skip a f uh, forward just a few moments here because the officer walks away at that point, uh, having said, I'm going to arrest you because you're not obeying my every single order. You are not uh, succumbing to my whims, so I'm going to arrest you. And if you don't leave the cab, we're going to force you out. So he walks away, and then another DPS officer comes up, or maybe it's the same one. There were a handful of them there. Another one comes up with uh, what looks like some sort of a, a hammer, ball-peen hammer or something like that, and he smashes in uh, the other, the driver or the passenger's side door. 
And uh, so this uh, vehicle is being surrounded with officers at this time. That's the taser gun. Ah! Yeah. Taser's going to take you down. That's what you call pain compliance. Steven Anderson was not a violent threat. Steven no, Anderson, he's a reverend. I mean, he's a preacher. Steven Anderson was not in any way taking a violent stance towards these cops. He was, he was sitting, sitting in his car, in his cab, and asking questions and trying to understand what it was that he was being put through. But by people, who, by, by people whose salary he pays. That's correct. As a, as a taxpayer, these are the people whom, whose salaries you pay. And, I don't and, know about you, but this is not the kind of servant uh, that I want to employ. This is not the kind of service I'm interested in purchasing or having uh, served to me. This is outrageous. And this is pain compliance. These cops, and they're not the only ones, cops around the country that have the taser have begun using it in more and more occasions. The original reason for the taser was to replace the gun. Well, it and might I, be that, you know, I'm, I've, I've looked into this, Ian, and, I, and this, certainly it's been said that the, the taser could help in instances where the gun is used, but the taser was essentially to replace the billy club. And the really? Billy, yeah, the billy club would have been used in, in instances of getting pain compliance um, with people, and pain's been a, a, a compliance tool all along. Um, I think the difference is that uh, the war on drugs has ramped up, that uh, we've gotten more and more officers all the time. There's more of them. This isn't the, the time when, you know, this isn't the time when Andy uh, at, at, in Mayberry would just enforce the law with a, with a, with a cute smile and a rubbing his uh, foot in the, sh- uh, in the dirt. You know, this, now we just have more of them, and it's a bigger team, and it's a very team mentality. So where did you hear this? Because uh, the, from the understanding that, uh, the, from the people we've talked to, from what I've seen online, the, it seems to me that the history of the taser was, it was introduced to supposedly to save lives, well, do, in the event that an officer would have well, otherwise say- would have otherwise used a, uh, a gun on somebody, they would be able to pull the taser out and supposedly let that person live through the encounter. That was my Billy understanding. Billy Clubs killed people too, okay? Um, and that so I, likely people are surviving in better numbers from being hit in the head with a billy club. Um, so I, yes, I'm, I'm of the uh, of that opinion, and I've seen uh, pieces on that. So do you feel like the pastor in this case uh, got what he deserved? 800-259-9231. Answer the questions, or you'll be tased. Right? It's free talk. Alakees.com is a community for self learners. At Alakees. You'll find tools to help you connect with people learning the same things you're learning, tutor other community members, and to make contacts that can help you find jobs. You can also earn money by sharing your know-how with others and contributing quality content. Visit alakees at a-l-e-k-e-s-e dot com. Again, that's a-l-e-k-e-s-e dot com. This is Free Talk Live. It's the Saturday edition of the program. You dial in and bring up whatever's on your mind. Toll free, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. And joining you tonight, it's Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All of the features on the site are completely free, so enjoy those. Archives included. If you've missed a moment of the show, just click and download. They're yours free right there on the front page. Free for you at freetalklive.com. Dot com. Plus, Free Talk Live is brought to you by the Free State Project. 
it is your best chance at liberty in your lifetime. Uh, come on up here to New Hampshire and check out the upcoming Porcupine Freedom Festival. You can go to porkfest.com to get more information about it. I believe it's running from the 25th through the 28th of June. Uh, and you can go to, again, porkfest, P-O-R-C, porkfest.com. We'll see you up here for Porkfest because, uh, Mark, you and I are going to be broadcasting live with, I'm sure, a number of our other Free Talk Live co-hosts. It'll be a blast. I can't wait. Fans and uh, Jason Osborne from SACL CAI is probably going to be there as well. So looking forward to this year's Porcupine Freedom Festival. Great opportunity to come up, see New Hampshire, and be around hundreds of like-minded individuals that are, like you, seeking liberty in their lifetime and willing to actually do something about it, actually uproot their lives and move here to New Hampshire as part of the Free State Project. All right, so uh, we are talking about the situation that is in existence right now, under your nose, and you may not even realize it if you don't live within 100 miles of the southern or northern borders of this country, and that is the suspicionless checkpoints, internal checkpoints there uh, where the Border Patrol is just stopping people wholesale and asking them intrusive questions, pulling some of them over, uh, searching their cars. You know what the cops do. They'll, they'll do whatever it is you let them get away with. And in some cases, if you put your foot down and decide you're not going to let them get away with this crap anymore, well, then they smash your win, uh, they smashed your passenger side window in, stick a taser through, shoot you with a taser, hold that on you for several seconds, pull you out of your car, and then proceed beating on you. Because that's a part of the story we didn't get to after you hear uh, Pastor uh, Stephen, uh, Pastor, what's his name here, Stephen Anderson being brutalized uh, with a taser. You don't get to hear the rest because at that point his camera cuts out and you have to see the video footage from the Border Patrol's own video uh, cameras that just don't have microphones. But right so. after the event, when he gets home, he's uh, got a big bloody mark on his face, so it's pretty clear that he'd been roughed up in some manner. Or oh, another. yeah, they uh, they got him good. In fact, later in the video, you can see when they when they take him inside the Border Patrol checkpoint station and they're booking him or whatever it is they're doing, or maybe it was a, a DPS station, wherever it was they took him. They happened to position him. They sat him down and positioned him so that his head was just off the camera view of the security camera that was in that particular government bureaucracy. So you could see all of his body except for his head. And it was his head that took the, the most severe beating. That's where the blood was. That's where you could see the real evidence of him being beaten. And so they just so happened to miss that on their bureaucrat's security camera. And so, yes, they pulled this man, this peaceful pastor, who was just trying to understand what was going on. He was just asking some questions and uh, refusing to answer some of their intrusive questions, and he got a tasering and a beating because of it. Do you support this behavior? 1-800-259-9231. And by this behavior, I mean the behavior of the people calling themselves the Border Patrol. 800-259-9231. We go to your phone calls. Bill is on the line listening to WSCFM in South Carolina. Hello, Bill. Hello there, y'all. Hey, what's on your mind tonight? Oh, um... I would just like to try to uh, add something concerning the, the Fourth Amendment. Uh, mm-hmm. The Fourth Amendment would apply to a U.S. agent or, or any kind of U.S. Uh, government official. But when it comes to, say, like that uh, uh, state trooper, uh, a citizen has to stand upon his state constitution that also lists uh, a, a list of protected rights as well. 
Understood. This is what you're talking about is sort of an old philosophy that is prior to the Fourteenth Amendment um, that the the federal constitution only limits the federal government. However, there have been multiple uh, you know rulings by the Supreme Court since the Fourteenth Amendment that yeah. in fact the yeah. uh, the U.S. Constitution applies to state governments. I'm with you. I'm fine with that as long as things are uh, enforced in a fair and even fashion. But they you know this uh, that philosophy isn't entirely true right well you know and, the, and 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 that philosophy not being entirely true is because of the 14th amendment and that amendment was illegally ratified to begin with but it was the foundation to consolidate the once sovereign states um, under a centralized government authority and this is why uh, the state sovereignty resolutions which I thoroughly enjoyed hearing um, would actually be powerless because the Supreme Court could then come back through using the 14th Amendment to over to override. Any, well, that uh, may be true, Bill, but it's also they're just resolutions, so they don't really even do anything. Even on a state level, it's just the, the, the sovereignty resolutions you're talking about are just the state legislature saying, we're sovereign, we tell you. Uh, and that's, you know, there's not, not actually actually uh, making a stand behind their statement. I thank you for the call tonight. Good hearing from you. 800-259-9231. Now, if they wanted to make a stand, they could say something like, we're leaving the union. That would be a stand. Now, now, the point he makes is a good one, that things changed around the 14th Amendment. I, I also think that it's a battle that's long since been lost, like the unratifying of the 14th Amendment. Yeah, good luck uh, convincing a judge, right? Well, well that or um, even if you manage to do to uh, you know start a uh, a movement in this country to well, let's get the state sovereignty rights back. As he said, that would be stopped because of the 14th Amendment, which was ratified. But it's also uh, the amendment that was passed, well, to give slaves the right of free men, and so <laughs> you're going to be painted as a bigot, which isn't true at all, but that's you're going to be painted as a bigot in the same fashion that Janine Garofalo said that the teabaggers tea are a bunch of bigots and uh, racists. Oh yeah, redneck saw, bigots or whatever. I saw that footage. She was she was wrong and she was right all at the same time in that particular clip. You're talking about when Janine Garofalo was cornered outside of a Starbucks. Uh, with by camera crew, I think for Fox News. Well, that's that was the she had made the statement previously, um, and then uh, you know the the interview her afterwards. Well, anyway, all I saw was the one where she was cornered, and uh, she basically said that, well, where were all these people eight years ago? I mean, where were they? There is no conservative movement. Where were they at the time when George Bush was spending like crazy? Where yeah. I mean, where were they? So she's making a legitimate point there. Her observation is spot on that these people are hypocrites. And you know, if they've now but come, but hypocrite to, doesn't make you a bigot, and that's where no, she exactly. stepped over the line. Right. She she uh, she drew the incorrect conclusion from that the because correct... that because they're against President Obama, they must be against him uh, because he's black, and that's the nonsense of well, that's that's the the the, the, the nasty nasty side of the liberals, if you want to use that term, in this country, the way they'll paint people that want smaller government as bigots. Let's continue here. Take your phone calls about anything. So she was kind of right and kind of wrong. Uh, let's go to Craig listening to WFTL in Florida. Craig, you're on Free Talk Live. Uh, this is Brian. Well, Brian listening to WFTL. What's on oh, your mind? I'm sorry. Sometimes I use my... I'm one of those persons that got two first names. Okay. okay. I'll go with Craig. <laughs> okay, Craig. Go ahead. What's on your mind? Here in Pompano Beach, we had a law enforcement officer broke in someone's home. Oh, boy. And he was shot and killed. Now, this cop mm. was trying to steal somebody's art. But the way they painted the media and, and, and the cops painted, spun this story, 
that he was making a, a warrant, an arrest, uh, because this man had uh, so-called uh, child porn in his computer or some kind of nonsense like that. Yeah, that's and, the child porn cards, the one that they'll really pull out when they're desperate, because oh, yeah, and, it's and impossible you know to, to defend against. The, the guy that was arrested, okay, the, the, the cop's name was Todd Fata, and, and, and to this day, they still do not assign guilt to what he did because he's dead. And so and what they've done, mm. because of him dying in a home invasion, they're able to paint the person who shot and killed him. And I believe it was a, a legitimate shooting because uh, Wilkes, Wilkes is the name of the guy that uh, shot Fata. He maintained his, and he says, look, this guy broke into my home, dressed, he had all this crap all over him, you know, the, the bulletproof vest and all that, mm -hmm. shooting, blazing away. Demanding to know where the child the child porn was, Wilkes was never involved. In, what they were doing, they were harassing him for years. They were harassing his roommate, who may have been involved with that, but he had nothing to do with it. And this guy, this guy coming, he didn't know he was a cop. And now there's a whole scandal brewing at the Broward uh, County. Um, and has he been charged with a crime for shooting the cop? What's that? Has he been charged with a crime for shooting the cop? No, well, he's still in jail, but... Uh, oh, God. Wait, wait, he's in jail, but he hasn't been charged with a crime? No, they, they, what they're doing... I want to come really back and bring you back with more here. Hang on, more on the way here. 800-259-9231. The cops, they have a special privilege, don't they? It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever's on your mind. Toll-free 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. The Saturday edition of the program. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. All of the features we give to you. Now, if you are enjoying the show, then you can support the show at promote.freetalklive.com. Great way to help get us on more radio stations, more internet connections around the world. Promote.freetalklive.com. Right back to your calls. Craig is in Florida. Craig, you're telling us about a man who had his home broken into by a police officer right. and shot the police officer. Right. You said he was thr he was arrested without charge? He, he was arrested. Now, this is, this is how I read the, and I read these articles all and collect them. This is how come I know about them, and I, and I actually have more facts about this case. Wilkes' roommate uh, was, was being played with by the, the cops, Tiddlywinks. They were doing this thing where they pretend to be children and tried to entrap adult males, some kind of thing like that. Okay. And Wilkes was not involved with that at all. This cop broke into his home. He says, where's the child pointing a gun at him? Wilkes pulled his gun out and killed Fata, all right? Mm -hmm. It was to everyone. I mean, all of, everyone down here knows that Wilkes is innocent. He's maintained his innocence, and these are just the facts of the case. What happened was he, uh, and he was arrested, but the court, when they heard the facts of the case, uh, something, there was a... Uh, a mistrial, and I don't know exactly. They kept him. He stayed in jail. They didn't. They didn't turn him loose. Hmm. And, and the family of Fata is trying to sue Broward County because they're so negligent. What they're doing, Broward County, they're taking all of their big beefy cops and they're putting them on the internet, pretending to be children to entrap adult males. All of their victims are always adult males, and they're putting the the skinny cops out there to handle the riffraff. And we've had a rash of cop killings. Of, of, we had a, an elderly cop who was 76 years old, overpowered what? by an inmate, killed. And this, and the family is, is trying to get to the bottom of this. And I say, as long as these cops are on the internet playing tiddlywinks, these kinds of things are going to happen. 
And, but the, as it stands now, so let me see if I've got this straight. The guy that shot the cop, you're saying, is still in jail and he hasn't been charged with anything. I feel like, I mean, that, that that's certainly a possibility, but most people have charges uh, at least when they go to jail. Are you sure well, you've got your facts straight? Well, uh, I think a little bit of my bias may be getting in the way. Or okay. I hate that's all right. I totally understand. I thank you for the call, uh, Cliff. Right. Appreciate hearing from you tonight. 800-259-9231. So he's concerned that uh, some of the bigger cops are doing the Internet uh, enforcement and the skinnier cops are are behind are out on the streets. I don't know yep. how true that is. I don't think that seems like speculation. I don't think anybody can be hurt on the internet, so I don't feel like cops should be on the internet. I agree with um, that. Uh, Take them all off the internet. If duty. you're concerned with your kid meeting a child predator on the internet. Watch your kid with the computer. It's your responsibility as a I parent. Mean, you to... wouldn't let him just go randomly calling people through the telephone right. book. It... Yeah, I mean, don't <laughs> keep an eye on what your child's doing. It's... Talk to them about, uh, you know, the the dangers of the of uh, strangers out there. I, I think that it's overblown largely, but okay. Yeah, that's your responsibility as a parent, not law enforcement's off uh, way stepping over their bounds. If a law enforcement officer goes on the um, internet through, say, Facebook, which might be housed outside the country, therefore outside of their jurisdiction, aren't they outside of their jurisdiction hassling people? Seems like a technical issue, Mark. I'm not sure about that. I, I doubt that they ma- that matters very much to them. So, yes, if you are concerned about your kids online, it should be your responsibility as a parent to ensure that your kids know what they're doing as far as meeting other people is concerned, as far as meeting strangers uh, is concerned. I mean, if you feel like your kids are going to go and meet somebody without your knowledge, then you should at least impart to them the basics on meeting people on the Internet, and that is that you don't go over to somebody's house. If you're going to meet somebody, I think the best technique I've heard, and if you'd like to share yours, 800-259-9231, the best technique I've heard is to meet in a public place, like a like a food court, some place where there are other people around where if you know, you're know you an 11-year-old, uh, you can't just exactly get whisked away by someone. Someone can't just grab you and, and take you out of a public area because if you yell, there are going to be a whole bunch of people around you. So meeting somebody from online in a public place like that is probably the best way uh, to do things and you know certainly make sure that you've, you've talked to them enough uh, in advance and you know who it is you're meeting and, and all of that. Do your due diligence. And as a parent, it's your due, uh, due diligence that counts when it comes to your kids. You can't count on the cops to keep your kids safe from, from online so-called predators. We continue with your calls about whatever's on your mind. We go to Jason in Kentucky. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Jason. Hey, great. What's on your mind tonight? Hey, um, actually, what you guys are saying just now about the parental controls uh, on the Internet and stuff like that, I just um, I called in for a different thing, and you guys hit on something I was so mad about the other day. I watched Dr. Phil, and uh, I'm not a big Dr. Phil fan, but it was on. My wife was watching it, whatever. Um, they had a girl on there. She's, you know, uh, 12 years old. Uh, she, she made some pro- profile probably on MySpace, mm-hmm. uh, made herself out to be 16 years old, went and uh, had, had some guy pick her up. Um, you know, she had sex with this guy, and her parents found out. And come to find out, she did this all from her PSP. It was like she had a little uh, web browser on the Sony handheld game system thing. Mm-hmm. Wow. And, um, you know, they, they made this thing out to be like, oh, my gosh, how could this little girl do this? And how could this predator get a hold of her? And you guys couldn't be any more right that it's totally the parents' fault. The, I mean, I'm not saying that's exactly what you said, um, but the parents, there was no responsibility laid on them. Nothing happened. It was like, 
it was as if they had just were totally clueless. You know, to use a PSP, you have to get on a Wi-Fi network to do that. And all they had to do was secure the network. That's it. And I would imagine they're probably using Windows uh, and Windows these days. Well, she could have walked down the street and found an unsecured network and, and logged on there if she'd wanted to. They decide to. whether their kid um, gets, you know, goes out or not. I mean, I don't know. Sure. I, 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 it, to me, well, it baffles you me. You want to not let your kid leave the house? I, that's their no, responsibility, no, no, not, not mine. The fact is she was 12 years old. And, he, I mean, yeah, sure, she could have went anywhere and found, found an unsecured network. But, um, you know, they, for what they said, you know, she's doing this from home. She's, and they, they said she was always playing games on her, on, her, uh, on her PSP at home. So, you know, my assumption is she's sitting at home on their, on their unsecured network um, using the little, the little web browser, and she gave a little demonstration of how she was doing it. And um, it's just parental things are so easy these days. It's so easy to keep your kids out of things. Well, and it would also be easy to talk to your kids as well. I mean, I, I understand that some parents just think they can just say, you know, tell their kids to just say no and then lock them down right. and, and keep them Worst from experiencing program ever. and keep them from experiencing life. Uh, but I think that if parents actually have uh, conversations with their kids about things like sex and, and drinking and drugs and and being uh, honest and upfront about their experiences and what they what they went through as kids and you know what they expect out of their kids, just having these conversations that I can tell you, my parents never had with me for the most part, except for nope. just don't do it. I think that could go a long way to where then your kids are coming to you and saying, hey, uh, there's this guy talking to me online, and I'm wondering what I should do about this. Uh, maybe they would be a little bit more upfront with you. But then again, like you said, this girl was pretending like she was 16. Was she raped, or did she consent to having sex? She apparently consented, and, uh, well, she got locked out of her house at night when the guy dropped off his house. She got caught. She had to knock on the door and say, hey, oh, you my know, gosh. 3 o'clock in the morning, this is what happened. And, um, you know, they got onto her, her profile on MySpace and, and found, you know, what they said to be hundreds of, you know, uh, different pictures. I'm sure she was you right. know, probably drinking and all the party pics and all the crap. Yeah, and but, she's 12 years old. And I know that when the people see, when they, when they hear that, they think, oh, she's just a child. But if you're 12 years old and you're masquerading as though you're a 16-year-old. You're going to get treated like a 16-year-old. Right, for the purposes of picking somebody, you know, picking up uh, guys or whatever, then that's exactly what's going to happen is somebody's going to get interested and it's gonna, one thing's going to lead to another. So I, I know people love to pretend like their kids are totally innocent and they, they don't know what they're doing. Uh, but clearly this young lady knew at least at some level that she wanted to appear as though she were older and, uh, and receive whatever benefits uh, would come to her from that. Uh, and again, I think this is all about par uh, parents not actually communicating with their kids, having no idea what their kids are thinking or what they're into or what, uh, you know, what they're all about. And I, th I think that's the biggest tragedy here. And it's not just this one story that you're telling. Uh, it's just in general. It's just a tragedy that American parents are in unable and refuse to communicate with their kids. Obviously, I'm being very general, though. Your thoughts? Well, it's it's rampant. It's I'm a parent myself of a four year old and one year old. I've got my my wife is eight months pregnant. Um, wow. I've got my hands full too, and I'm you know as a new parent, you know I have a four year old, and I'm I still consider myself to be a, a brand new parent. Uh, my parents didn't do that great of a job with me, and you know I'm uneducated. I I I didn't go to college. Um, I have a GED. I joined the army um, in order to, to support my family. I'm doing the best that I can for my family. And nobody really instilled that in me. That's just something that I instinctively picked up. I don't expect everybody to act like that. Or I'm not saying I did, you know, something better. I don't think I'm superior. But the fact is, 
when you have kids, something happens. At some point, something clicks, and you make a decision. You say, either I'm going to figure this out, and I'm going to try to do the best I can and do the right thing, or... Um, you know, you keep on being a kid. I'm 29. I'm yeah, kids raising two. kids. It's one of the biggest problems, I think, in America right now. Thank you for the call, the insight tonight, 800-259-9231. Good luck with uh, the third one on the way there. 800-259-9231. That is uh, hands full, I would say. <laughs> More on the way. Hour two's coming up. If you're on the line, we'll get to you. You can talk about anything. This is Free Talk Live Saturday Edition. Our archives, website, and podcast will continue to stay free. But if you think other people deserve to hear this show, Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month at amp.freetalklive.com. Help free some minds. Visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up whatever's on your mind toll-free, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line as we launch here into the second hour. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features are free, so enjoy those. Those other talk show hosts want to charge you for accessing their site. Ours, we give it away at freetalklive.com. Continue taking your calls about whatever's on your mind. We go to Mark. Listening in Idaho. Mark, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian and another Mark. Hello, Mark. That's right. Hi, guys. How are hey, you doing? What's on your mind tonight? Well, I'm a former police officer, a conservative, and I believe in the Constitution to the letter. Okay. Um, I wanted to comment on the pastor getting tased near the checkpoint. Yes. Uh, uh, tased and beaten. A... Tased and Go beaten. Ahead. He was beaten as well after he was tased. Right, right, and we didn't we didn't get to that part, but um, that is a complete abuse of power. Uh, if you can't tell somebody why they're being arrested or even taken out of the car, then you have no reason to arrest somebody or take them out of the car. How about that circular yep. logic that the uh, the cop used when he was asked by the pastor, why am I being arrested? He hemmed and hawed for a moment and said, I'm a police officer. I'm giving you an order. Why am I being arrested? Because you're not following my order. Well, wait, weren't you yep. arresting me for something else before that? What was that? That right there is a an officer who is badge heavy. Now, um, Badge heavy. Just That's interesting. Of, I've never heard that one. Now, what do you think is going to happen that, to this that officer? Is, that, might, that might be a police officer's term. Badge heavy means that the second you put on the badge, you feel you're invincible. Mm. That uh, you're above, uh, you know, the other people that you are supposed to be serving. Uh, police officers are public servants. That's what their job is. So, and that supposedly. isn't serving the public. That's assaulting the public. How many, ba- how many badge heavies, Mark, did you work with? When you were a police officer, how many of your uh, fellow officers were badge heavies? I'd say roughly 80% of the department. Wow, you are an honest you are an honest guy. There are some cops out there that'll make the claim that oh, it's just a few bad apples. Uh and I don't uh, I don't believe that for a moment because you're not the only cop who's a uh, former cop rather who's told me that uh, that we met up with a uh, a police recruiter, not a recruiter rather, but a police trainer. trainer who told us that he thought that maybe 10% of his recruits had any any amount of courage and were actually, you know, guys that were doing the job for the the right reasons, that kind of thing. And, and I believe that. I fell into a very small group of honest cops, mm. and I actually left the force because of the politics. Oh, no. What was it? Why, why did uh, – specifically, what drove you well, out? Well, over, overall, you just get, you get the feeling that if 
you were to do the right thing in some circumstances, the department wouldn't be behind you and mm. your job would be in jeopardy. Yeah. I'd say so uh, I, that's I can't pretty... work under those circumstances, so I left. And now I do a, a, a little bit more honest job. And, well, I'm a what truck is that? Driver. You're a what driver? <laughs> truck driver? Yeah. Well, what do you think about all those, uh, the, the commercial division that the police have out there just to catch the truck drivers and add additional taxes to people's uh, transportation costs and all the extra rules that truck drivers have? Well, you know, my, uh, my truck, I mean, I can just speak personally, my truck's governed. So I don't really have to worry about speeding. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it's more than speeding. The uh, the feds have all kinds of regulations on truckers. Oh, well, the DOT's in that all the time, and they can they can inspect your truck head to toe anytime they wish. Yeah, and yeah. so uh, state troopers and things like that are notorious for pulling uh, truck drivers over and, and harassing. Yeah, yeah, them. I see it all the time. They've always got people pulled over. I mean, you don't know whether it's for speeding or or. Uh, just uh, maybe the board, uh, you never know. I mean, mm. like I said, there are bad apples out there, and people do get badge heavy. And how, one come, of the, how come the Fourth Amendment doesn't apply to truckers and their uh, and, and their, their whatever they're carrying? Well, actually, um, it does if you if you own the truck. Um, some truck drivers are um, company drivers, uh-huh. so the truck actually belongs to the company. Um, but some are owner-operators, and the truck belongs to them. So they can't just uh, inspect uh, the, the, the cargo of an owner-operator if they feel like it? Well, no, the, the cargo is somebody else's property. It's a, um, you know, the customer's property. Well, d- well it's in my and possession. They, I'm they, in charge they of can't, it. They can go into the back. They just have to reseal it. So uh, <laughs> kind of, it's kind of interesting. Now, um, so if, if they claim that the stuff that I'm carrying in my pockets isn't mine, does that mean they can go through my pockets? <laughs> uh, it shouldn't. No, it shouldn't. <laughs> no, no, uh, it shouldn't. You're such it's an not idealist. theirs either. <laughs> right, but they'll do it anyway. Um, but I, 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 don't, I don't believe that they wouldn't give it a shot. Uh, absolutely and they I, would. And I, at, at a lot of times I've... Uh, witnessed police officers talking people into that kind of thing when when they had no presence whatsoever. Well, they do have uh, the ability per- to persuade, unlike most people, because right. they've got a gun on their hip and uh, aren't afraid a taser in the in the case of the pastor, and they aren't afraid to use it. One more thing I'd like to point out about your call, and I think it's interesting and sad, uh, is that when we've talked to former cops. The good guys, the good former cops, the guys that are like you, that got in for the right reasons. There's and good then, cops out there now too. That's true, but most of them won't call and, and be as uh, forthcoming with this kind of information. Uh, but when we talk to the, the former cops that were the good guys, they, they all tell similar stories, that uh, the majority of the force was corrupt, that the most corrupt people rose through the ranks, uh, that uh, in, in your case, the reason you left was because of these systemic problems. So the system that we have today is driving the good cops out. There was, too, there was too much going on, too much politics that, uh, you know, you didn't have any control over. The administrator's doing who knows what to you for whatever reason, and uh, you decided to leave, and you're not the only one. And so you, when you look at that from a wider perspective, you have to wonder how many good cops are leaving the force on a yearly basis and being replaced by a bunch of hothead badge heavies. I agree, absolutely. And a lot of the cops that are good cops um, who stay... They're very silent. They they yep. stay in the back back of the wings, and they don't cause any trouble because they don't want to get, you know, reprimanded. Go along to get along because otherwise the pension's on the line, right? If they get fired, they'll miss out on Absolutely. their pension. Absolutely. 
Absolutely. It's so sad. I thank you for the call tonight. I appreciate hearing from you. Always interesting to hear from those who've been on the inside of uh, government bureaucracies and specifically the ones that have the ability to use violence and force upon us. Because not only do we have these observations of the government police, whether they're state, local, federal, whatever, about all of this corruption, all of this uh, tyranny, the violence, uh, the, just the, uh, the horrible things that these people do in your name with your money, you can be as outraged as you want to be. But you still have to pay for it. They can beat your friends. They can beat your family members. They can kill your dogs. And you can be outraged. And you can tell people about it. You can call talk radio shows. You can write letters to the editor. But the one thing you can't do about it is pull your money out. You can't say, no more. Don't want your services anymore. Right. Thanks. If they were, in fact, public servants, which these are the our public masters is what they are. Yes, exactly. If they were your public servants, you could... Fire the servant and move on. Yep. But that's impossible. For one, when you look at it, the unions in this country are no longer have anything really. Um, let, let me let me make this clear. Six, I think it's six to eight percent of the American population that works in the private sector is the member of a union, whereas it's something like sixty percent of the people that work for governments. Is that all? Are yeah, <laughs> are members of the unions, and these are probably states that have outlawed uh, unions. So. The fact is, unions are there for government employees, and the unions make it impossible to fire bad people. We know how that goes. Mm-hmm. Bad <laughs> teachers. That's why that bad teacher was there in yep. high school. Um, it's impossible to get bad, rid of bad employees. These unions control us. They're far better uh, organized than the average voter, and there's not, there's just nothing you can do about it. At this point, the government is so big and so intrusive that there's nothing that we can do about it, especially on a federal level. I think perhaps if we, uh, if the states seceded and then we could, you know, the, the, the federal government would atrophy and dry like a fig on the vine, eh, you might have some hope. But there's many, many, most of the states I feel are beyond help, too. Now, if enough people were, I, I don't mean to be so defeatist, if enough people were uh, able or, or were willing, rather, to pull their money from the system, as a show of solidarity, if you will, or a show of protest, basically have 25 or 30 people or something like that in any given geographical area say, no more of this. Yeah, I don't have a problem paying for uh, clearing the streets or whatever, making sure the, the stoplights run correctly. But these police that are abusing people, putting peaceful people behind prison bars, hurting our friends, destroying lives... I'm not going to pay for it anymore. If enough people did that, they wouldn't be able to fill the jails fast enough. But that takes courage. This is Free Talk Live, Saturday edition. You take control of the airwaves toll-free at 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. And joining you tonight, it's Ian here with you. And Mark. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. We've got a wiki with over 1,800 pages created by listeners like you. Just go to wiki, W-I-K-I, dot freetalklive.com to get interactive. Wiki.freetalklive.com. Join more than half a million people who've trusted LegalZoom.com for their common legal documents. Incorporate your business, create a will or living trust, even register a trademark. Empowering you, protecting you with common legal documents that people trust. LegalZoom.com. If you use code FTL, you can save $10 off your order. It's code FTL is in Free Talk Live, LegalZoom.com. As we continue taking your phone calls about whatever you want, we go to Larry listening to WXNT in Indianapolis. Hello, Larry. How you doing, Mark and Egan? Hey, Larry. What's on your mind tonight? Just fine. You know what the deal is. I think that I'm seeing it in our prosecutor's office here in Indianapolis. What we have is they're engineering crime, uh, uh, crime, uh, certain crimes. What, what do you they mean? do is 
Well, here's what I mean by engineering. The federal government wants total control, right? Sure. They know that they can get total control during a downtime, so they engineer certain crimes, and the prosecutor takes grant money. And, you know, grants are contracts. They have to do certain fulfill certain obligations sure, yep. on and the people of the county that they, they work for. Strings are attached and, to that federal law. of course, if they say, well, we want to, uh, 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 we want the, in, we want an increase of, uh, violent, uh, batteries, class C felonies, which is what we have going on here in Indianapolis. The prosecutor's office got a $6 million grant for domestic violence. And he, he immediately went to the legislature and had any domestic violence, any battery, against a family member or an acquaintance raised to a, a Class D felony. So, you know, when you get a felony, you can't work or do anything else. Makes that's life difficult. A, that's a direct issue of the federal government coming in spreading in grant money. And another thing they're doing, too, you know, the police officer, he sound, the one that quit, he sounds like a much happier person mm. because he knows what he's facing from day to day. But what they'll do is, is they'll have uh, a police officer so scared and so in tune to, to prosecuting one crime so that they can get their statistics and get their grants replenished, that they'll, they'll forsake everything else that needs to be done. So yep. I just think the federal government wants to take over. That was their plan from the beginning, and they're doing it now in this downtime by having the stimulus money. And, and you know what they're going to do on top of that? When they get everything just right, they're letting... I'll go here with the illegal immigrants that are coming in. God bless them. But they're letting them in so there'll be more a contingent of more diverse people. And then you know what they're going to do? They're going to enforce the Civil Rights Act of 1964. I mean, if anybody have not read that or either read any of George Wallace's writings, you'll find out when they enforce that act, then you won't be able to even think about anybody in, in any derogatory terms. You won't be able to say anything. Or that's a penal code is what it is. Governor Wallace called the Civil Rights Act of 1964 a penal code. That's what it is. It's hmm. not a Civil Rights Act. So we're going to find that out real soon. Well, the engineering is being done right now, though, to get people in the position where they cannot be employed, and they'll have to come to the federal government to get whatever stipend they get. A get a handout or something like that because they work. can't get a job. Interesting observations tonight, yeah. Larry. Always good hearing from you. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. I mean, for some of those reasons and more, it seems to me the federal government, the United States federal government, has to be the greatest enemy to human liberty that mankind has ever seen. At least at the, this, in this, at in least this the time. citizens of the United States. Yeah, at this time. Yeah, that's true. And the citizens of the United States, the well, federal government is empires, absolutely, without a doubt, the the greatest threat to freedom. Empires are that. And I think the United States, uh, but if they aren't a better empire than they've had in the past, and I, I think they, I really do believe they are a better empire. Better than, meaning like we can still talk bad about them? Is that what you yeah, mean? Yeah, like, you know, if you think about empires that have existed in the past and uh, the way that they've cracked down, um, you know, and, and the way that they've... Uh, use their power. I think that the, our empire is a better one in that fashion, but, you know, um, it, it's still an empire. And it hasn't saved people from perishing around the world. use power. Yeah, violence, yeah, deadly that's, violence. That's what it is. Power, that's all power is. Power is the ability to hurt people without repercussions to yourself. We go to Patrick in New York. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Patrick. Hi, guys. How you doing? What's on your mind tonight? Well, I give a lot of credit to that police, that ex-police officer. That's for sure. Absolutely. I mean, it shocked me. 80%? That's, that's insane. 
Uh, I, I'm only calling because uh, I think uh, police brutality, as what it was called back in the old days, needs to be have a new needs to be branded differently or tagged differently. It has to have a new name. What would you like suggest? Maybe going over the edge. Mm. You know, when uh, kids pick on kids in the high in school uh, 50 years ago, there was you know bullying was not the word for it. It was uh, I don't know what it was, but uh, I just think that there's got to be a, a tag or, or it's got to be branded somehow where it's right in the faces, not only of the public, but in front of the police officers, too. Well, and, and the problem isn't just brutality, uh, because the brutality is just kind of an extension of the amount of control that these people have had or, and are allowed to have over our lives. I mean, if they were much more restricted in their capacity as far as the different crimes they could investigate, for instance, then I don't know if the br- brutality be, would be so much of an issue. I mean, for instance, if the police were out there actually investigating real violent criminals, uh, people that are actually damaging other people and their property, rapists, uh, murderers, arsonists, thieves, th- those kinds of people. I don't know if there would be too many folks that would be really that upset about some murderer getting roughed up a little bit by yeah, the right. cops. Or his uh, person's papers and effects. Some being, alleged murderer. Right. Some, you know, them, their, their stuff being gone through or something like that. But it's really the right. war on drugs that have done it. It's the war on drugs and, you know, a whole bunch of other piddly little crimes, so-called crimes, that don't have anything to do with the victim, that just give the police wholesale control over all of our property and our lives. They pull you over on the side of the road, as our friends from the Motorhome Diaries this week found out, and uh, we're not going to have time to recap all of the details from it, but our friends are driving around the country in an RV talking with uh, Liberty people around the country. They got pulled over in rural Mississippi this week, and uh, one of them got ma- uh, pepper sprayed in the face. Uh, th- they were... All this for videotaping police officers. Right. Uh, you know, just do- <laughs> doing what journalists do. I also got to say, you know what happened uh, in California years ago, all right? Uh, who was the, who was the guy? It wasn't Reginald Denny, not the truck driver. They got pulled out of the truck and got beaten up when they had the riots. Rodney King. Yeah, Rodney King. Right. I'll tell you, man. All you need is a couple more incidences to to really blow things up. You know, people keep saying that they're on the edge. People are on the edge, and, and, and there are always more incidents. Every week there are new incidents. Yeah, I, know. I mean, just within the past two weeks, I can think of two that I saw that were incredibly outrageous to right. me. Did you One, see the L.A. chase? Yep, that's the one I was going to mention, the guy that got kicked in the head by uh, the L.A. cop as he was laying down on the ground, completely spread out with his arms and legs, kicked to the head. Thank you, by the way, for the call tonight. I appreciate uh, appreciate hearing from you. There's that story, and then there was the naked guy, and I believe this was also in California. It may have been L.A., uh, but the the naked guy at the concert. Did you see this footage, Mark, the naked guy? I mean, look, he's naked. He's not hurting anybody, but they came in there with a cop that was the size of a gorilla who then... Then uh, not only did they uh, push him down onto the ground, but then the cop fell onto him on purpose. On his knee. Uh, Yeah, like the knee of this gorilla cop. Yeah, it was was, absolutely. I thought I was watching a WWE match. I mean, this guy did as much damage as he could to this man, and he hadn't harmed anybody. And so people keep saying how outraged they are, but nobody really knows what to do about it. Well, we've got a solution. Of course, it's the Free State Project. More on the way. It's Free Talk Live. This program is brought to you by Freekeen.com. Freekeen.com features audio, video, and blogs chronicling the transition to a voluntary society. Freekeen.com also has comments and discussion forums so you can be heard. Freekeen.com. This 
is Free Talk Live. It's your show, Saturday edition. You bring up anything toll-free, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Joining you tonight, it's Ian here. And Mark. Join us online at freetalklive.com. We've got updates. You get signed up, and we'll keep you in the loop whenever there's something you need to know about Free Talk Live. Just go to updates.freetalklive.com. Get on the list free. That's updates.freetalklive.com. Are you facing a debt crisis? DebtCrisisSolutions.com guarantees that they can protect your bank accounts, assets, and the equity in your home. They are your debt crisis consultants. Bankruptcy laws have changed, and you need DebtCrisisSolutions.com. 718-615-0123. That's 718-615-0123. DebtCrisisSolutions.com. So a few moments ago, before we continue with these calls, we were talking with Patrick in New York, and uh, we've been just kind of on the uh, the subject of police brutality tonight. And, just generally how awful uh, police can be in this country. I know there are some good guys out there, but as uh, former cops will admit to you and honest current cops will admit to you, they are in the minority these days. In fact, a very small minority, according to our earlier caller. But Patrick had suggested that uh, things are starting to bubble over, that uh, people are so angry at all of the police violence in this country that something's going to break, something's got to happen. And I have to wonder if he's right about that. I don't know if he is. If he's right about that, what does it mean? That things are bubbling over, things are about to break, something's going to change. Because it seems to me that the most likely result of police violence on innocent people, peaceful people, is going to be violence back on the police. Because when you see the the police hurting peaceful people, it makes you want to do something back. It makes you want to strike back. At least that's how I feel. I get angry. I get uh, upset. I want to see you know justice. I want to see something happen. Um, but it, but it, I'm concerned that what's going to happen is people are going to lash back at the police, which is just going to give the police and ex- the bad cops. It's just going to give them an excuse to hurt to to swap back even harder. Violence be getting violence and just making things worse. I think that if something is going to bubble over, it needs to be some sort of a peaceful uh, path and. Not involving uh, fighting back. A lot of these cops aren't bad cops. They're ignorant cops. Okay, they don't. Uh, they haven't read the Constitution. They don't understand. You think the reading the Constitution is going to get them to stop hurting people? I think that talking to people, like people talking to them, showing them the role of law enforcement, realizing where where this country has gone with the war on drugs and and how that's uh, you know come about. Yes, I do think you can actually absolutely educate some of these people and say, whoa, yeah, I've probably been stepping out of line here or there and that kind of thing. And uh, I think you're right, but that requires talking to people and not violently lashing back. Do you do you share my concerns, Mark? that if something bubbles over, it'll be a violent bubbling over, and that will just cause complicate things? Yeah. Let's continue here and talk to David, listening to WFLA in Florida. David, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello there. Hello. Hey, what's on your mind thanks. tonight? Hi, thanks, yeah. Go ahead, Apparently sir. the rumors are true down in Florida, because author Stephen King is selling his home and leaving Florida. What is happening? Really? Why down, is he leaving down in KC Key there, the north end of the island? He's selling his house. People are finding out that LennonMurderTruth.com is right. Wait, are you going to follow him to his next date, too? No, but I ran him out of Maine to begin with. And Why not? He... Why are you giving up the fight, man? I mean, Well, the... I mean, there's got to be a better way than just running him out of where he's living. You're the, you're the man who is running a website that uh, believes that John Lennon was murdered by Stephen King. I don't know if there's any truth to the matter, uh, but you are one of the most consistent prom- self-promoters, and I have to say I have a lot of respect for that. Uh, normally, of course, if somebody keeps calling and promoting a website, we ask them to buy some advertising. But, but it's got to be so good. good. This is good ads. He's yeah, just so sorry. good at, uh, you know, David or Steve, I think is your real name, Steve Lightfoot. Steve, yeah. Uh, but, but Steve, you're just so good at, at masquerading 
thing and uh, coming in as a, as a Trojan horse caller and then releasing uh, a promotion for your website. It's it's been great. I think it'd be a shame if you don't follow old Stephen King uh, to wherever he goes next and uh, keep tra- keep tracks on him. But the main reason why I ran him out of Florida is because Portland, Maine was roughing me up with a phony ticket. I thought I'd get him back the way I could, but uh, there's got to be a better way than just chasing him around. What do you think? What do you got in mind? Anything? Well, if the people weren't so apathetic, we could all pick at the media, but the electronic entertainment industry has made people so apathetic. Well, I can tell you, it's, it's, as, we, as we've been talking about tonight, I mean, it's, it's hard to get people unapathetic about the obvious violence that's going on around them, let alone, uh, you know, what's essentially a conspiracy theory. Thank you, Steve, for the call tonight. 1-800-259-9231. I mean, it's difficult to get Americans to even go out and vote let alone uh, to get Americans to do anything else more significant toward uh, a pre- some sort of appreciation or re- rather some sort of change uh, in this country. <laughs> Anybody who's ever been involved in political action knows exactly what I'm talking about. It's difficult to get people that call themselves activists to get out and get active, let alone the remainder of the American public. And if you think you can get them all fired up about a you know conspiracy theory that has to do with the murder of John Lennon, which happened a long time ago. You are, I, I think, kid. fooling yourself. Who's what? I was a kid. You were a kid. And I was not alive. <laughs> Wait, what was it? Eight, 1980? I think it was early 80s. If it was 1980, I might have been alive. 800-259-9231. We continue with your calls. It is Mike listening to WFLA in Florida. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Mike. Hey, guys. How you doing? Hey, what's on your mind? I just wanted to bring up an interesting point. Um, with all the talk earlier with police brutality but i want to shift it to the other end is when in the rare instance when you have a cop that's caught for doing something bad Mm -hmm. he doesn't get the same treatment we do they'll put him in the jail they'll put him in a special part of the jail (laughs) they'll they'll put him in a little room all to himself Mm -hmm. and i say you know what if 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 you're a cop and you're dirty throw him in with the rest of the population and let nature take its course because He had no business doing what he was doing. Usually and, they don't make it to jail, they... though. I mean, that's it's. you're talking about such an extreme circumstance that a cop actually makes it to the, to the jail cell. Well, usually... Look at that guy, that, that guy up in Illinois. What's his name? That Drew Peterson. Now, not... I don't know if he killed his wife or oh, if he had one. anything to do with the, the disappearance, but I heard on, um, I think it was on the Today Show, they did an interview with him by phone, and they asked him, they says, well, what what is your current situation right now? Oh, I'm in here, and... The staff is very nice and courteous, and, you know, they bring me my meals, and I'm, they have me in a special part of the jail. i got a room to myself. That's bull crap. They should put him in the, the, the rest of just like you or I would get if we got thrown in there. Well, you and I, they, you or I, if we chose to um, enact protective custody, would get it in the, in the jail. Um, you would have to be protective custody. Well, you just say, I, I, I demand protective custody. Really? And then you will get your own cell. Um, they will or, just laugh at you and say, no, good no, luck. You'll, you'll get it. Um, oh, okay. it. It won't be great. And now, yeah. I don't know how, you know, I, if Mr. Peterson is having to stay in a cell for 23 hours a day, I don't know if he's getting real protective custody or some other kind of protective custody. Often in the state, at least in the, um, in the larger states, they'll have smaller camps for essentially <laughs> bureaucrats and law enforcement officers that have been thrown in, people that <clears throat> are... How know, often does that happen, though? I mean, the point I was trying to make before is if a cop makes it to a jail, 
jail cell, that is the one of the most rare occurrences because normally they are invest in so-called investigated by their own department, and then the department usually ninety-nine times out of a hundred comes back with the results that say, "Well, we've investigated Officer Zone Zone. It turns out that he was operating completely by the book. Everything's fine." In the case, see, I, I think the cases when you do see the the officers go to jail is when. Like Rodney King, and even then, I think they got acquitted. Mm. When there's video or some proof that's unrefutable that shows them in the act of doing it, but then you're right. All the other times, if you don't have that kind of proof, oh well, we looked into it thoroughly, and he was cleared. He, yep. he there's no wrongdoing. You can count on them to come back with that uh, as a verdict because they protect their own. It's the thin blue line wrapping well, around. So they its need ranks. to have what, what I propose. I think there needs to be a third party impartial police review board made up of uh citizens and the like you know not police but just people that are that are educated and trained on it to look into it and then come up with a, a decision that way don't you know it's like taking the uh the, the fox and saying you know go into the chicken house and guard all these chickens you know we all know what's going to happen so it, it has to be impartial and there has to be a, a group that's not involved with law enforcement whatsoever. I think to, that the, to look into these matters. The, 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 the places that this is done, and it is done in the United States. The places this is done, you will see better cops than the places it's not done. So I think that that's a step in the right direction. However, I still think that there's always a deference given to the police officer. If the police officer says you ran a red light, and you say I didn't run that red light. Who then, they believe. Right. The judge. Every single time. Thanks for the call tonight, Mike. I appreciate hearing from you. 800-259-9231. Plus, are there any review boards around the country? And there are, They do exist. But are there any of them that actually have teeth? Or are they just reviewing what the police do? I mean, do they actually have the ability to do anything as far as punishing the cops? They I don't should. think so. Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever's on your mind. The toll-free number, 800-259-9231, SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features, they're free, so enjoy those on us. And if you like the show and you want to help support Free Talk Live, shop with us at amazon.freetalklive.com. Enter Amazon through that link, and Free Talk Live will get a percentage of your purchase. You know you got to buy stuff to live and enjoy life. Do it at Amazon. You'll save some bucks, get free Super Saver shipping on a whole lot of items, and you get reviews of you know, pretty much everything you're looking at. Amazon.freetalklive.com, and when you enter through that link, Free Talk Live gets a cut. That's Amazon.freetalklive.com. We continue with your phone calls about whatever you want. We'll go to John listening to WSCFM in South Carolina. Hello, John. How's it going, guys? Hey, what's on your mind tonight? Not much. I was just going to uh, uh, make an inquiry about the, uh, the, the church guy down in Texas, um, or Arizona, I'm sorry. When he got, uh, when they had supposedly brought the canine around, uh, they left him in the car? They, uh, yeah, he's, I believe he was in the car the whole time until they busted the window to uh, taser him and beat him. Okay, well, see, yeah. see I'm, a, I'm a canine officer, so I can tell you right now that that wouldn't happen. <laughs> wait, uh, so wait, they wouldn't have, uh, they, the it's, car. what you're saying is it's not proper protocol to leave him in when the canine's out there? Because the dog's going to sit here and go off the heat from that. They're going to sit from the car. They're going to, you cut out a little. Repeat that, please. They're going to go off the scent from the car. If you're going to sit here and have someone in there, they're going to indicate on the person sitting inside the car. <laughs> so when, so when it's that, a guarantee. When, if somebody's sitting inside their vehicle, it's a guarantee that the dog will alert on, on the vehicle. Yeah. Interesting. I, whenever I sit here and take a dog around the car, it's uh, our training and our procedures that everybody has to be outside the car. 
that's interesting. Now, um, it is are the same dogs used for drug dogs that are no. for finding people? Nope. Yeah. Yes. Well, no, 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 no. no. Uh, Didn't think you, so. You do have dual purpose dogs, which means they are for other purposes. Like they can be used for narcotics and then finding people, buildings, tracks, things like that. But there are dogs that are trained in just particular areas. You know, huh. you can't have a single purpose dog that's just focused on narcotics. You do have dogs that are focused on arson or, you know, cadaver dogs who just do certain, I mean, just certain things like that. Hmm. So, I mean, it, it depends on the dog that they have. Very good. I appreciate the expertise. Any other thoughts tonight? No, nope, I would say I, I kind of disagree with the gentleman who called about the, uh, the grants, but that's, you know, that, that's kind of saying that the cops are just, if they sit here and have a grant for, uh, you know, aggravated assault, you know, they're just going to go let every other crime go just so they can focus and keep that grant. That I, sounded I weird to me, that. too. It, it did. I don't see that. That sounds a little conspiratorial to me. So I do have, um, you know, I was going to make this comment during on, on assault, and I think that uh, a lot of the assault charges out there are on guys that don't deserve them. For instance, if two guys decide to go outside in a bar, um, of a bar and decide to beat each other up, as far as I'm concerned, nobody deserves any charges there. Usual combatants. Oh, yeah. Yep. I love that. You know, I think you're right. That may have been a little conspiratorial as far as the grants is concerned. However, there is no conspiracy to suggest that the police in general, the police chiefs associations, for instance, rally against any sort of changes to the war on drugs as far as decriminalization or legalization because it would result in lower funding to their police departments. Resulting, well, I've, told, in pe- I've, I've, told, I've called on y'all numerous times about that. You know, while I may air and enforce it sometimes, you know, when it's when it's deemed necessary. I, I would I would be all for it going away. Well, sure you would, but the police chiefs are not uh, because it means uh, smaller budgets for their departments. I've never met uh, I've never met a police chief. I'm sure there there's some of them out there, but I've never met one that was not in favor of continuing the war on drugs in its current form, if not stepping it up. And that's because they're getting money from the federal government uh, to to do this, and they're getting money from state governments, and that money would dry up and go away, and they'd probably would have to cut their staffs, and that would be uh, you know the union wouldn't like that very much, and it would just be a real bad political well, situation. Don't have, we don't have unions. So. Oh, you don't down in South Carolina? Yep. Oh. It's the right work state. Interesting. Very That's good why you think BMW? Why you think BMW and everybody's doing? I mean, they're not doing as bad as everybody else. <laughs> Interesting. Thanks yeah, for the observations, the expertise. Always appreciate it. Thank you for the call tonight. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. We go to Matt in Florida. You're on Free Talk Live, Matt. Actually, it's Live Wire. At Live Wire, then listening to WFTL. What's on your mind tonight? Uh, space, the final frontier. The continuing voyages of the Space Shuttle Atlantis and its five-day mission to seek out digital viruses on the Hubble Space Telescope. So I have a question. What's up with the uh, Mars mission? Do you know if the uh, current uh, political administration is going to uh, fund that, that program? I haven't heard. I don't know. I mean, NASA seems like the biggest waste of money in, in, um, in the world to me. Really? Actually, I would say that that is perhaps the one thing that government does well is rocket science and the management thereof. Well, you know, I would have said, I would have agreed with you, say, five years ago. Um, I, I like the idea of NASA. I like the idea of space. I certainly read a lot of uh, science fiction and science fantasy. I, I enjoy that. But um, have you, are you familiar with Spaceship One and Spaceship Two, the, uh, the, the X Prize and all that self, stuff? Self funded, uh, uh, yeah, uh, the funded by part. Uh, partly Paul Allen, a former owner of Microsoft. Uh, yeah, that's definitely some interesting information. Now, I mean, yeah, uh, I, rather, 
the, the programs to be able to do that uh, if I had the m- money and wherewithal to uh, put together some rocket science in my backyard, then I definitely should be able to do that. Right. What they're doing is they're they're taking basically a, a you know a fancy airplane up into the the highest portions of the atmosphere where gravity starts to have funny effects and things like that. They're calling it space flight, and they're taking really rich people up there for a really lot a large amount of money, and. You can't tell me that NASA had anything to do with that. Like, Mm-mm. just because they made freeze-dried ice cream or Tupperware or whatever the heck else the people are going to claim that NASA had something to do with, um, you know, the, that space exploration stuff is even, even scientists become bureaucrats when they work for the government. Absolutely. Even scientists. What costs NASA billions upon billions of dollars to do, and half the time they fail at it when they try it, Boom. can be... yeah can be done for a fraction of the cost in the private marketplace and it's not there's to mention no doubt about it. that they failed to um, reach every mark that they set for themselves prior to the moon landing um you know when kennedy uh, did his whole famous speech there they they had all these this list of 10 things they were going to do for for america they have done none of them <laughs> and they haven't it, changed it's yet the... another failed bloated government program and the space shuttle is still the same old space shuttle they haven't even it's come old. out with a new model <laughs> it's of... as old as an f4 I mean, I mean they oh, well, actually the the former president uh was definitely fascinated with the Mars mission and perhaps him and several others should be on it which actually I've always wanted to see liberals on the Mars mission but now there's so many of them like the robots they are all over the place that I think I'd like to volunteer and be on the Mars mission but anyway yeah they they're already planning a a totally different vehicle which actually I think they should continue using what they have because it's proven and they can simply enlarge the size of it you're saying they should send the existing space shuttle to Mars instead of designing something new? Well, uh, they, they could build, you know, several uh, space shuttles and, like, maybe you have a, a train and tow, tow uh, one, you know, unit tows the rest of them and whatever. Anyway, yeah, I, I, it's a program that I do think should continue. Uh, I, well, I think you should have, fund it voluntarily. Right, and then. that's that's the thing is when you when you sort of get into this philosophy of understanding, uh, you know, liberalism. Liberalism is the funding of programs that they think are a good idea, um, you know, through force. They're going to take your money whether you like it or not. Wasn't and, that the same as conservatism? This funding it, it, it their is programs that too. But I mean, he's 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 after the liberals, so we'll talk about liberals. <laughs> um, and that's essentially what you're doing, uh, advocating here for your, uh, you know, Mars program. I think that the space program should be funded by people who want to go to space and it's working and I, you know how long before we have a little hotel out there where people really rich people can go and spend millions of dollars a night to stay out in space and come back and say oh, it's not long. i did it not i long. stayed out in space prototypes are being yeah. launched right now there are prototypes up there now uh, as we speak they are working on space hotels and it doesn't spend billions upon billions of taxpayer dollars to make people go boom more importantly and i thank you for the call live where more importantly it doesn't cost that much money when the private entrepreneurs do it because well entrepreneurs are concerned about their investment so they want to make sure they get the best return on investment. So they want to make sure that they hire the best geeks uh, to put these things together. And, and they do they, it on the right budget. Yeah, yeah that mean, it comes you know, in under a certain amount of dollars. Under the government, if you spend all your budget, you get a larger budget. And if something goes boom with the private marketplace, 
you and I aren't out money. It's right. not our money that got spent in the first place. So if uh, if a uh, rocket goes up in a ball of flame, that's Charles Br- Richard Branson's investment. You know, the guy from Virgin Airways. Yeah. That's his money that just went up in flames, not yours and mine. And he's mine. the one who is going to benefit if they uh, if he sure. takes people up on those flights. Risk the and pers- reward. That's that's how the marketplace works. It would per- work perfectly with the case of ex- space exploration. But we're just in this mindset that's this uh, you know feudal mindset that somehow the government has to do exploration. No, no, no. It's ludicrous. Absolutely. A free people would be happy to go explore new things. Uh, as far as the go- the government is concerned, when they're uh, when they're destroying things, if the government would just simply be funded voluntarily, if NASA were to shift next week uh, to being funded voluntarily, meaning that people like Livewire and whoever else wants to contribute to them, that would be the only way for them to get money. It would be from you know private organizations and individuals contributing money to their organization. They'd suddenly get a lot more efficient. They would get very efficient. And there'd probably be less explosions and less dying. 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Hour number three is on the way. You can bring up whatever's on your mind. If we get a chance, we'll tell you about Shock Your Kids at Work Day. Free Talk Live. One of the bonuses you'll get as a Free Talk Live amplifier is access to our classic archives. For just $3 a month, you can become an amplifier, and you'll help us get on more radio stations and MP3 players. Get the details at amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You bring up anything, just dial the toll-free number as we launch here into the third hour of the program. This is Free Talk Live, and the number is 1-800-259-9231. That number brought to you by SACL CAI. It's 800-259-9231. Joining you tonight, it's Ian. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We've got a lot of features on the site, and we give them all away. Those other talk show hosts, they want to charge you for their site this Ours is free, freetalklive.com, so enjoy it. As we continue taking your phone calls about anything, and coming up here, if we get a chance, Florida prisons had a shock your kids at work day. We'll find out what that means here in moments, but first, James is on the line in Louisiana. James, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Yes, hello. Hey, James, what's on your mind tonight? I would like to talk about my recent arrest this past Monday. What happened? Um... Well, I was I was gonna go to the the movie theater, and then um, there was a traffic stop, mm-hmm. and um, they stopped me because I didn't have an inspection sticker. All right. And then uh, let's see. Well, I I had been in a lot a lot of stress, and when they started asking me for my uh, my driver's license and and registration, I, I just kind of, you know, just said no, no, sir, and I kept saying no, sir, every time he uh, asked for it, the, the cop asked for it. And then, um, um, it, you know, it kind of escalated from there, and then... They certainly don't like being told no. Right. <laughs> and then um, they, uh, like, pulled me out of my car, and then they just kept kept yelling and and with uh you know just started calling me names and mm-hmm. then they uh then I got uh handcuffed and I got sent to a pokey. So what were you arrested for? Disorderly uh, conduct? Um uh, 
charges. One 30 was, charges or three? three. I'm sorry. Uh, three. Three, three charges. Okay. Three charges. Uh, one was, uh, no ins- I guess, no inspection sticker. The other one was the uh, when my brake lights was out. And mm-hmm. the other one was, um, what's it called, um, resisting an officer. Resisting and an officer. Was that during the, the arrest that they were claiming you were resisting, or was it before that? Yeah, I'm not sure which which one it was, but I I don't think I ever resisted. I just said no, sir. And when they um, started, uh, when they put the handcuffs on me, I mean, I, I couldn't resist really. So I don't know how. Why, so you didn't why try to stop one. them from placing the handcuffs on you. You didn't actively no. resist. You know, the, the, no. it seems like they'll charge people with resisting arrest for anything that doesn't go along with the program. Right. As long as you are not doing exactly as they say, yeah, it's as long resisting. As you don't spit polish their shoes, then you've been resisting them. It's outrageous. Our, our friend uh, Jason Talley was charged with resisting arrest just the other day on the side of the road down in uh, rural Mississippi because he dared not give uh, the, the cops his driver's license. Well, he wasn't driving anything. Right. So what is your plan yeah. here? I mean, you've been charged with all these crimes. Um, what are you going to do about it? Right. Well, I mean, I don't know about how much I can do about it. They have, like, I have upwards of $700 worth of charges. And my court date is August 11th. And I mean, I don't, I don't know what else I can do. I don't think I can afford an attorney. And I just, um, only thing I can do is tell the truth and and tell them that you know, the, I, I'll plead not guilty to all three charges. Good for you. I think more people should do that. And I wish you good luck. And I thank you for the call. If more people were to start saying no to the cops. The cops would not be so used to everybody just going along and, and obeying. Right. It wouldn't be considered resistance just to say, no, thank you. Isn't that what a free person gets to say is, no, thank you? If you were free, that'd be a true statement. But you're not. Uh, but yes, I agree with you. Uh, more people should say no. More people should practice refusing to obey. Not just the police, but any old government bureaucrat that's making demands of your fr- of your freedom in your life or your business or whatever it is that they're making demands of you about. Just try saying no sometime and see what happens. Now, there is a good chance they could take you into a prison cell. There's a good chance the pepper spray is going to come out or the taser is going to come out. But if enough people start to do that and do what he's doing and take it to trial instead of just playing out, actually go all the way and, and take it to a trial, then it will it will clog up their court system. If if just five percent of the people that started going to tr- uh, that that were arrested on some nonsense charge like you know possession of marijuana would take it to trial, they wouldn't be able to have all of the trials quickly enough to have any sort of uh, semblance of a speedy trial, right. and it would cost them so much money they would uh, go. I mean, they would run out of cash. You know, I I'm for uh, law enforcement officers in the judicial system doing uh, you know taking people that are dangerous that harm other people that steal other steal things from other people, um, and you know putting them in the uh, criminal justice system. Like politicians. However, <laughs> however the, it's unfortunate that what it's turned into is a money-making machine where they just yeah. ring, the tr- ring the cash register. And, you know, I, you just see so often, um, look, for instance, uh, somebody got uh, caught in my town recently for burglary. Uh, it was this week. Mm-hmm. Apparently there had been uh, several burglaries in the town and several surrounding towns. Some construction workers noticed this guy, uh, you know, called the law and, uh, you know, they caught him. Mm-hmm. So the construction workers caught him. All right. There yes. isn't a police officer in my town. The construction right. off, uh, construction workers caught him, and they in all these other towns when these burglaries were going on. I wonder how many tickets were given out. 
during the time the burglaries were, were right. happening. Instead okay. of them being ar- investigating the burglar, uh, or, uh, catching burglars, being you know driving around, uh, you know keeping an eye out on things. That, you know what they're keeping an eye out for is revenue. Revenue. Well, that's burglars what, don't make money for the law enforcement. Tickets do. Right. The uh, the cop that ticketed Ju- Julia when she parked uh, our car out in the the uh, the street here in Keene, New Hampshire, gave her a $15 parking ticket, which is now uh, blown up into a $75 ticket because we're not paying it. Uh, but the cop that did that, it was 1.30 in the morning at the time when he, ga- he gave that ticket. Surely there's some shenanigans going on somewhere here in uh, in town. He should have been on the lookout for that, don't you think? Shouldn't, have been, shouldn't he have been looking for kids causing trouble or fights or something like that or, you know, patrolling around, keeping things safe? But no, he was busy Writing out a ticket, taking the time to leave his cruiser, go place it on the I'd car. I'd like to point out that the the infraction that they gave it to you, gave the ticket for uh, to you for, would have not been illegal two weeks later. There was no snow on the ground. That's the only yeah. reason they do, they want to give these tickets out. And, Total revenue. Yeah, it's just it's a date issue. So we continue with your calls about what you want. Jesse is in Oregon, and you're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Jesse. Hi guys. Hey, what's on your mind? So um, I was I've got a story about how I was every step of the way mishandled by the police. Okay, what um, happened? Well, I, in a nutshell, I am a Class A felon, which is not expungible, over two pills of ecstasy. Oh, boy. Yeah. Um, I was at a rave party, and I'm hanging out, and by the way, I'm fully guilty. This stuff is all over with. But this one thing I wanted to mention ahead of time was this happened in the year 2000. So, I mean, this, this type of thing is not new. By any means, mm-hmm. you know. Um, so nine years ago. Uh, and by the way, you're guilty of not harming anybody. By the way, you didn't do any. You didn't really commit any sort of crime. Uh, oh, so I, you, I, I've been learning to come to terms with that. You're I, a I'm victim kind of, of the war on drugs, <laughs> right? So when you, you say know, you're guilty, you just mean like in their system, you've been found in their guilty. System, in that system, I am guilty. Got it. Yeah. Okay. So um, uh, I was. Uh, some police officers approached me. It was an outdoor party. There's lots of those in Oregon. Okay. And uh, a police officer, a group of them, actually, about three, they asked to search me, and um, even for being 18, I, I was pretty good. I, you know, felt that I told them I didn't feel that there was a need for them to do it and that I was just sitting here. Um, and then they brought somebody up who I was hanging out with earlier that night, and he was, he was wearing, like, a poncho, and he had dreadlocks, which turned out to be fake. He was an undercover cop. Oh, oh. no. Yeah, um, and so at that point, I I just was like, well, you know what? I don't consent to anything, and uh, had the dreadlocked cop. Question. Hold on, point of information. Had the yeah. dreadlocked cop uh, sold or purchased anything from or to you? No, but he claimed to have witnessed a sale. Uh-huh. I want to come back and have you tell the rest of your story here in moments, if you don't mind. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL-CAI toll-free line. Those darn kids are going and dancing and stuff. We need to put a stop to that. That's what raves are. Kids going, uh, young people getting together and listening to music, dancing. Kind of like the flappers back in the 1920s, except the music's different. The dancing the, the styles Nazis are Nazis killed the swingers, too. Did they? Yeah. 1-800-259-9231. Most raves don't end in death, but they do end in destruction of the young people's lives that are victimized by the police. We'll find out the rest of his story in moments. Free Talk Live. Yeah. 
This is Free Talk Live, Saturday edition of the show. You dial in toll-free and bring up whatever's on your mind. 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. And it's Ian here with you. And Mark. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We've got a lot of features and we give them all away. They include the live streams. We've got a broadband version of the show, dial-up version, even a webcam. All free for you at listen.freetalklive.com. That's listen.freetalklive.com. And, by the way, we are in the process of testing a brand-new webcam provider. We started testing a new new provider last night, Ustream, and we are still doing so t- tonight. It's, I think it's been pretty successful so far. If you want to take a look at the webcam, you can go straight to it at cam.freetalklive.com. Uh, we're integrating a chat room actually onto the cam page right now, and so we're kind of tweaking that, making sure everything fits in correctly, and just kind of getting the bugs all worked out. But it is working, so go and take a look at cam.freetalklive.com. If you have a company that needs to try something new in the area of collections, SACL CAI does collections. They do early out billing, and they purchase charged-off receivables. SACL's employees are trained in resolving issues for your customers and treating them with respect. They know that not only do you want to collect your money, but you want to keep your clients, too. It's SACL CAI. They're the major sponsor of Free Talk Live. You can see their banner at freetalklive.com. It's the top one on the right-hand side of the page, SACL CAI. So Jesse is on the line with us uh, still from Oregon. You'd begun telling us a story about what happened when you were 18 years old. And how old are you now, Jesse? I'm 26. So it's been a few years at this point, but uh, almost a decade ago, you were at a uh, rave, uh, outdoor rave, and the police came up to you and asked you if they could search. Now, normally when the police ask if they can search, it's because they have no reason to do so. They have no probable cause, as it's called. And so they're essentially on a fishing expedition just to see who will be a pushover and who doesn't know their rights. And, of course, that's most people. Uh, so who at the rave doesn't know their rights? Let's just go ask around and see who will let us search them. Uh, so that's what they were trying to do with you. They showed uh, you an undercover cop or someone they claimed to be an undercover cop. So the cop claimed that he saw you either sell or or buy uh, ecstasy. Is that is that so, correct so far? So yes. So they believe that you were selling ecstasy. Now, were you in point of fact actually uh, selling ecstasy? Oh yeah. Okay. <laughs> Not into that anymore. But uh, I I wouldn't have a problem with you if you were. Yeah. Uh, but uh, so they claimed to see you sell ecstasy, but you hadn't actually sold ecstasy to this particular cop. So no, seems I, I always went somewhere discreet. Yeah, I mean that's <laughs> that's not evidence of anything at all. So what happened next? Um. Well, uh, they just searched me anyways. I said Lovely. I didn't consent. They wanted me to sign something saying that I would even consent. <laughs> Wow. I said, no, thank you. I said, I'm not answering questions. You're just, I asked if I was free to go. They wouldn't give me an answer to huh. that. They would just ask me a question. What do you think would have happened if you just said, good day, gentlemen, and walked away? Oh, I'd probably be facing the dirt. Yeah. <laughs> I'm more than a positive of then, that. Then I'm, you would have found out for sure whether or not you were free to go. But uh, so, yeah. they, so they searched you anyway, and they found a couple yeah. pills. Yep. Um, now... Uh, a little fact here is I had two pills, a little bit of marijuana, and a smoking device, and I had two bundles of money. One was $75, that was just my play around cash, and then I had $1,500. The police report only said that there was $500. Mm, typical. Yes. Somebody got a, ra- got a, got a bonus to, uh, that night? Yep. How many cops was, were there? Uh, there was four total. Four? Eh, it's not a big bonus, but uh, they got yeah, a little something. Goes. something. Yep. Um, Zero mention of the marijuana at all. Interesting. So the marijuana disappears and the majority of the cash disappears. Yes. 
Um, and another fishy thing is in the police report, it says the person that they observed me selling it to uh, took it on the spot and instantly began gyrating and laughing. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. Well, maybe they were just really happy that they'd found some ecstasy. Mm-hmm. Because uh, certainly the pills would not have uh, kicked in that quickly. You're looking at uh, probably at least an hour-long wait until uh, oh, something yeah. actually ends up happening. Oh, so, yeah. so they took you away at that point. Uh, what else do you want to share about the story? Well, on the way to jail, they tried to uh, get me to sell out anybody else I could. Mm-hmm. Of course. And Who's I, your dealer, kid? Yeah. And uh, so they took me to jail, released me on my own OR. and then Really? Yeah. So you didn't they have to bail out? Nope. In or they they almost never do bail in Oregon except wow. for like violent or nasty stuff, you know. Well, that's kind of nice, I guess. Yeah. Um. So, anyways, uh, when I went to when I got my court appointed attorney, she flat out told me she would not cross cross examine the police officer about the procedure because I didn't consent to anything and things like that, and pretty much informed me she'd be filing the deal with the DA. Okay, you're fired, lady. <laughs> Not interested in having you yeah. represent me. And what do you do? You know, you're 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 sitting there, and you're they've they've taken all your money, so you you don't have that much money in the bank. You're like, I don't have an attorney to represent me. Uh, I I can't go and get a, get some other attorneys pay. I don't know how much, ten thousand dollars. I don't know. Ooh. I can't afford to get rid of that. Question: Do can you fire the state's attorney if you ask it's for this? Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, your public defender. Yes. You can fire the public yes. defender? Okay, because I wasn't it sure if you, if you like asked for one. the public one. defender does all the speaking for you. Mm-hmm. So you kind of have to ask your public defender to fire themselves. Yeah, so if you never ask for one in the first place, then it's not going to be a problem because then you're defending yourself. You can yourself. make a fuss. You can take it to court and you can say something like, hey... I don't l- allow this person to represent me. I don't know who she is, and I want her behind that bar. So she threw you under the bus, basically, and cut a deal uh, without your permission? Yeah, I had to take the selling over the possession because they charged me with both. Mm-hmm. I, I I told her to ask for them to amend it to just the possession, being right. that I had no record. And this is what happens when ignorant people, and this is what the case is. You don't have you know you don't have the money, and you're ignorant of what's going on, and, right. and and they just they just run you through the system. And they had no evidence that you were selling anything whatsoever beyond their their accusations. So you ended up with two felony convictions uh, for ecstasy, and then did you have to go to jail, or what happened? Um, no, I got probation, which wow. is not a good experience. No, certainly not. Uh, how often did the cops Beats jail, come, kid? How often did the cops? I don't know, Mark. Uh, how often did the, I, it depends on how much jail. I mean, if you've got a whole lot of probation versus like a month or two in jail, it might be best to just take the uh, the time in jail, yeah. depending I on what kind of job you have. For jail time. Say again. I wish I would have asked for jail time. Why? What happened on the probation? I, I spent four years on probation. That's a long I, I, time. It, I I did week, couple days, couple weeks. Often, once a month, over probation violations. Uh, so, so they VOP'd you several times over those four years? So they finally were... I, I just absconded. I, I hid. I moved to another city, and I was on the run for a year or two. Did they ever catch you? I mean, you're still in Oregon. Yeah, oh, yeah they caught me. Um, I, I, am, I have no ties to that now. I, I took care of that. 
Now, um, uh, your your statement here, I, I find very interesting when people who are on probation uh, prefer to, uh, you know, say they would prefer prison. Having done eight years in prison myself, nine, yeah. actually, eight years, six months, 21 days, and 14 hours, um, wow. I've got to say that you're out of your rabid mind if you say <laughs> that you would prefer uh, uh, prison over probation. Julia told me to take uh, probation over, uh, now it wouldn't have been prison for me, it would have been jail for 90 days, but she told me she would have rather had me in jail than uh, having the cop. Toss her house or whatever. So, how much jail time would you have taken for the four years probation that you? Uh, um, that that was never even offered as an option. They wanted mm. me on probation. Of course they do. Yeah, so they can screw people, you. People on probation make the, make them money. You know what? Yeah. It's uh, it's an amazing story, and I'm glad you shared it with us tonight. I thank you for the call, and uh, hope you can get out of Oregon someday. Come out yep. here to New Hampshire, where all the Thinking fun is it. happening. Yes, sir. That'll be awesome. Thank you, sir. Thank you. 800-259-9231. Since he brought it up, I do have an ecstasy story that's uh, sitting here in my show prep. Argen- uh, Argentina. Argentine. has Argentine. Uh, Argentine. Okay. Did they change their name? No, no. I thought you were saying what type of name. We're coming up. Would you like to help others find Free Talk Live? You can help us advertise, market, and promote the show at amp.freetalklive.com. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier now for $3 a month and get some cool bonuses at amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live, Saturday edition of the show. You bring up anything toll-free at 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. And joining you, it's Ian. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. we got a lot of features, and we give them all away, including the bulletin board system. Over 450,000 posts. There's a lot to talk about from serious issues to fun stuff. You'll find it all free at bbs.freetalklive.com. That's bbs.freetalklive.com. Dot com. We will come back to uh, the ecstasy story because calls are still on the line. We will go to them, and we'll start with Keith listening to WSC-FM in South Carolina. Hello, Keith. Hey, how you guys doing? I try to catch you every Saturday. Welcome, Keith. What's on your mind tonight? Um, I just wanted to say, I mean, we're so busy trying to, you know, focus on getting to other planets and trying to go to the moon and trying to go to Mars when we really don't even know how to get around on Earth yet. You know, I can't go outside and crank up my car without using fossil fuel. You know, my house still runs on regular electricity. You know, what happened to, you know, hydrogen and antimatter? They haven't even really learned how to use solar power yet. You know, one of the reasons why, it's an interesting point that you're bringing up here, one of the reasons why the power system in America is in such bad shape, why we have uh, rolling blackouts in California, or I think it was New York City, that they had a blackout a couple of years ago. where It was, just, it was huge, it was like a tri-state area. Yeah, huge, just grids and grids uh, just going down and people being out of power, and of course uh, up, up here in New Hampshire this past December there was a tremendous ice storm which knocked out power and people died as a result of that, and of course if you lose power down in Florida, old people start to perish because they don't have their air conditioning. Uh, so having the having power is a pretty important thing in the world that, uh, in which we live, and it's really it sad is. that it's not reliable. And the reason it's not reliable is because it's essentially a virtual monopoly that the power companies have, because the government has basically given their buddies in industry a sweetheart deal and said, okay, uh, whatever the power company is in your area, that's it. You get to either choose from them, or you can spend thousands upon thousands of dollars and put up a windmill or uh, solar panels on your house, uh, you know, as as an alternative. Uh, but gen- but there is nobody else from which you can actually purchase power from. There's no one else 
uh, that's alternate from the power company in your area. There are, at, from what I understand, only a very small amount of areas in this country where there are two potential service providers for power. But ni- I think 90-plus percent of America is only one provider, and that's because they're locked into a deal, a franchise agreement, by, their lo- by the local governments in your areas. In addition, the federal government has put a uh, a ban uh, on building any brand new nuclear power facility. So even though nuclear power is clean and it's safe and it's been developed over the years and it's nothing like it was when the Russian government was running it in Chernobyl times. That's what the nuclear advocates will or the anti-nuclear advocates will have you believe. Uh, but so because those have been banned, we haven't seen any real development in the area of uh, the power grid in this uh, in this country. Essentially, we're living in nine. 19- 1970. We're living in the 70s as far as the power grid is concerned. That's why exactly. power is so bad. And they're busy telling people, you know, oh, we're going to do this and we're going to do that. You know, you ride by and you see a couple of little, you know, half little projects that they might have been or might have not been working on. But, you know, you really, you, you, you don't see anything new come out. You know, it's, it's all basically the same thing, and they're powered the same way, and they all work the same way. I mean, and I, I just think, you know, they're wasting a whole bunch of people's time and money, you know. Sure they with are. These, well, they, they have to waste these. it because they can't do anything but waste it. They stole it in the first place, and when you're dealing with stolen money, you just don't have the same incentive that you do when it's your own bank account that's on the line. Good call tonight, Keith. Thank you for making it. 800-259-9231. So all right, governments If you want to see innovation in the area of uh, energy in this mm-hmm. country, allow there to be uh, competition. <laughs> yeah. If there's competition, you'll see innovation. I understand that you know, like there's certainly been some some glaring instances where research at uh, you know schools, MIT, um, you know places like that have brought us better instances uh, you know of, of technology t- technological innovation mm-hmm. however if you look at the marketplace and competition it blows research away now research is sure. a part of uh, the, the marketplace but when it's employed by government there's there's been some successes in that arena if you call dumping millions and millions of taxpaying dollars after you know these few successes yes, success. it's research for research's sake basically is what's happening right now as opposed to research, research for research for the funding's sake Okay, yeah, but as opposed to research for the sake of advancement uh, of a of a company's bottom line, which you know they either make that happen or they go out of business. Uh, they either come up with new advancements and they come up with new innovations, or they get uh, the, their competition, if there is some, will run circles around them and start stealing stealing all their customers. Not stealing because they don't own their customers, but uh, essentially luring away uh, all of their customers. But because there is no competitor in most marketplaces in the power, as far as the power grid is concerned, those. Those power companies have no incentive whatsoever to change anything at all. In fact, they don't even really have an incentive to show up and do any repairs. If a line goes down, it's just, hey, if you've got a generator, you're okay. But otherwise, you're in the dark until they decide to bring it back online. They try very hard to get you back online because they could lose their sweetheart deal. However, Not they likely. aren't motivated in the same fashion as a company that has real competition. Right. If Imagine if you could go somewhere else. If your else. cell phone company's service goes down, it's up lickety split yeah. because they know that there's a fierce competition in the marketplace. Whereas if your power company or your cable company, you know, we'll get it when we get to it. 
You know, uh, well, cable has more competition than uh, power because of this dish network and stuff like that. Another problem with the power grid that we have today is that it's centralized. That uh, yeah, they have different power plants, but the the companies are serving huge areas of a population in general with one of their generating facilities. Whereas if we had a more uh, decentralized marketplace, if we had a more of a free market in power. Who knows what kind of innovations uh, people could come up with? I mean, we already know that right now, I think Honda and some other Japanese companies have come up with nuclear power facilities that are, you know, the, the size of something that you could fit in your backyard. Uh, you could you could certainly take a, a lot in an, a general area, a really, relatively small lot, and uh, build a power facility that could serve the immediate surrounding neighborhoods. And then if something goes down in that particular case... It could be much easier serviced by the company that's uh, that's involved there because it wouldn't be as devastating of a, of a breakdown. If one line goes down, only a few homes would be affected, as opposed to an entire g- grid or something like right. that. Right. It's a good example um, of you know some competition that could be entered into the marketplace, but you won't see it because of this democracy that we live in. I know it's a democratic republic. No, it's not. <laughs> it's closer to a democracy than it is to a republic, at least the the definition that I've seen. Now, uh, you know, the Constitution maybe you know was supposed to be a republic, but whatever. We've we've thrown that document away. So let's go to your phone calls. You can bring up anything. Jay is on the line in California. Jay, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Hey, what's up, Ian and Mark? Jay, what's on your mind? Uh, there was a caller a couple of days ago. He was talking about how great Linux is. Well. I'm using uh, Windows 7 and uh, Ubuntu, mm-hmm. and <laughs> he, was, he was trying to argue that the easy learning curve is just as easy as Windows. It's not. Because with Windows, uh, I've noticed that things generally work, <laughs> and when they, when they don't work the way you want it to work, you can just go to menu. With uh, Linux, things usually don't work the way you want it to. And to fix it, you have to go to the settings file, and you have to edit the text. Yep. And since you, you you probably don't know what the setting is, you have to look look it up. You have to look up the command on the forums. Yeah, you got to go hunt around online. That yeah. has always been my experience with Linux. And every time I bring it up, the Linux users always say, "Oh no, it's better now. It's better now. You should try it now." Oh, it's, it's still the same because uh, I, I have the latest version of Linux. Uh, yeah, I appreciate and, and, that. And as much as I and as much as I love Linux, because I, I like to tweak or tweak around with the settings and stuff, mm-hmm. it's still not ready for like everyday users who just want to. Use their computers. Not ready for prime time. Thanks for the review tonight, Jay. Appreciate hearing from you at 800-259-9231. We got in a deep, deep conversation this week uh, about Linux and Windows. Of course, the Linux people are just vehement. Uh, rabid for, fans. Rabid for Linux. Uh, I actually did end up getting a an email from a Windows fan. So they are out there. And I don't, I don't have any dog in the race, you know. I've just been using Windows. It's what's most convenient for me. And if, uh, if what Jay says is true, that there's still all kinds of uh, technical gaffes with Linux that you have to solve, which is a process. It's a, a painstakingly annoying process, and your average user just can't handle it. More coming up. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything. 
even in these remaining moments. 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. This is the Saturday edition, and it's Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features are free. Now, if you enjoy this show and you want to help support Free Talk Live, become an amplifier for as little as 3 bucks a month. We'll take that money in, reinvest it into the show, get on more radio stations around the country, bring more Internet listeners on board, expose new people to the ideas of freedom. You get perks, too, like access to the AMP-only call-in lines. Go get all the details at amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com. As we continue with your calls, Steve, listening to WSC-FM in South Carolina. Hello, Steve. Hey, guys. Hey, what's on uh, your mind? Well, the Windows Linux thing. I know I'm a, I'm a big supporter of Linux, and I've only used it for two years. And I was using Windows when they had a runtime version called Windows 286. And I grew up. I grew up from DOS, went into Windows, well, DOS shell, Windows shell, and then just moved all the way up to XP. Then I got to this, and I was like, oh, I don't want to go through it again, because going from 98 SE into, well, Millennium was a farce anyway, but into XP, was it was a lot of work, even for me, to figure it out and understand it. And, you know, this is going to take it over Windows 7, and Mark's like, you know, I'm going to use Windows XP until it is just dead in the water. That's what you said yesterday, Mark, was you're going to yeah, run it into That's the... kind of how I feel about it. Now, I didn't feel like there was... I used Windows 98 uh, SE, and, um, you know, I've used a couple of versions, and I didn't feel like there's a huge difference in them, because I don't mess with Windows. I set it the way I set it, and then I'm done. I rarely go in and mess with anything, or you know. So the the oper- these operating systems may be very beefy, but I think I'm like the most people is I don't want anything from my operating system. I want my programs to work. Correct, correct. And you know they do have programs for Linux. One of them is Wine, which you can actually it's an emulator, Windows emulator that you can emulate. Now, somebody told me, Steve, that these emulators that allow Linux users to run Windows programs run really slow. Is that true or not? Well, Windows itself runs slow, so I'd have to agree with that somewhat. Yeah. I mean, See, that's just it. Now you're talking about running Windows in a, essentially in a window in Linux, and so you're, you're, it's going to be an even um, more intolerable process than running Windows on its own would normally be. Thanks for the call tonight, Steve. Always uh, good hearing from you. I don't know how much we can expand or expand on this particular topic without turning yeah. into Kim Commando. Thank you for the call, which she's got a good show, by the way. Yeah. 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. So we continue. Uh, you know, I mentioned I had an ecstasy-related story since we had a young man call in uh, tonight to tell us his story about how he was arrested when he was 18 at a rave in Oregon. Uh, looks like there's a little bit of good news coming out of Latin America. According to StopTheDrugWar.org, the Drug War Chronicle, uh, continuing their slow crawl toward the effective decriminalization of drug possession, the Argentine courts have again thrown out a drug case, ruling it should not be prosecuted because the drugs were for personal use. The case is only the latest in a line of cases dating back to 2006, where Argentine courts have declared the country's drug laws invalid when it comes to possessing small amounts of drugs. Wow. In the present case, a young Argentine was arrested at a rave in Buenos Aires as he purchased 15 ecstasy tablets for himself and seven comrades. 
The trial judge ordered that the case move forward because he found the young man had brought had bought the drugs either to sell them or use himself. But the Federal Court of Appeals for Buenos Aires overruled the trial judge, saying that it was not possible to discard the possibility that the narcotics were for personal use. Can you imagine a Just U.S. The court? possibility that right. they might be for personal use? Can wow. you imagine a no. U.S. court saying something like that? No. It's just so sensible and so reasonable. It's uh, it's hard to it's hard to even envision something like that happening. Look, here. it's the the idea that uh, I mean, what's unreasonable is uh, making legal possession, but still making it illegal to sell. What I kind of sense that. does that make? No, I'm with it's you, like man. saying you can have corn at your house, but you can't sell ears of corn to your neighbors. Right. What? That's ridiculous. It is ludicrous. I agree with you. It is ridiculous. But if if all we can get out of these government people right now is to just to have them leave the, the users alone, it's still a huge step in the right direction. So I agree with you. It's not principled. It's kind of senseless and silly. But at the same time, 1.5 million Americans were arrested last year for drug, mostly possession, uh, so-called crimes. And if, uh, if, if by decriminalizing, we could only be arresting 100,000 Americans for selling drugs, I mean, I'd be with you. I think that'd be a tragedy for every one of those 100,000 people. But if it saved 1.4 million people from being arrested, I would say that that would still be a positive thing. Wouldn't you? I, I, I suppose, yes, it would. It just doesn't make any sense. The appeals court, well, it's government. Of course it doesn't make sense. The appeals court held that the portion of the country's drug law regarding drug possession must be declared unconstitutional. Similarly, in late March, Buenos Aires judges threw out the case of two people arrested for growing pot plants. Here in America, you grow one pot plant? That's a felony charge in most places. Yeah, it depends on the state. In that case, too, the judges found that the portion of the law punishing people with jail time for growing plants for personal use was unconstitutional. According to the judges, the quantity and circumstances that surrounded this case allowed them to affirm that the cultivation or sowing of marijuana was for personal consumption. While the lower courts aren't shy about declaring portions of the drug law unconstitutional, it's the Argentine Supreme Court that's the ultimate arbiter, but the decisions from the lower courts are beginning to pile up. So... Good news there. And, of course, that ties in also with uh, what's been happening over in Portugal. Uh, Portugal has, for the past few years, had basically personal drug decriminalization going on. It's the same asinine thing where it's legal to possess it for personal use, but to sell it is illegal. Uh, But nonetheless, the results of that decriminalization have been all in all positive, that people are just safer as a result of that. Well, you know, safer in so many ways. Some yeah. people worry about these drugs in such a, uh, you know, silly kind of hand-wringing fashion. The fact is, heroin was legal in this country for it's been le- it was legal in this country longer than it was illegal. Um, you know, it was sold over the counter. A seven-year-old could go and get it at the drugstore. Uh, yeah, sure. People were addicted to laudanum and things like that. However, yep. people are addicted to cigarettes today. Well, doesn't Law Enforcement Against Prohibition cite some numbers? Uh, Leap.cc is their website, by the way. Law Enforcement Against Prohibition, great group of mostly former cops that have now come out against prohibition. Uh, isn't their number 1%? Something like 1% or 1.5% of people are addicted to drugs today, mm-hmm. and that's the same percentage as was addicted before the war on drugs? 
So the war on drugs has done nothing at all to reduce addiction. And right. It's done a great deal to grow the government and uh, to add more government employees. And, and this is what so many law and order types just won't w- refuse to look at. They'll say, I'm conservative. I'm for small government. No, you're not. No, you're not. If you think if you're for the war on drugs, you are for big, intrusive government mm-hmm. that rips the Constitution to pieces. Screw that Fourth Amendment. Yeah. Forget that whole Republican thing. Just go join the Democrats at the very least because, you know, they, they claim to... You know, they, they claim to be soft, uh, you know, to be nice for the to the families and the drug addicts, but they're nonsense. Not. Yeah, it's just both parties lie on this issue. All it yep. is is just money shoved into the coffers of government and people subjugated to the government's whim. Sure. And people getting victimized all over the place, uh, having lives ruined. The, the whole idea that your life should be ruined because you took a, a, a hit of ecstasy at a rave is just absolutely ludicrous. You know, if anything, these cops that are out there enforcing these uh, drug laws, if they would try a little MDMA, uh, they would be shocked at what they've been doing to people over all of these Oh, years. I had... Uh, I, I told you I was in um, prison, and I'm sure yeah. long-time listeners know this. Um, the I One of the officers uh, came in one day after a night of out raving, and he's like, wow, it's just amazing. It was my first time taking any... Like, he was all... He told you guys he took ecstasy? Absolutely. You know how people can be on, you know, the day after they're just open and yeah. love people. He's probably coming down and, you know, <laughs> he's just love, you know, just just being nice to the convicts. And he's like, oh, wow. It was funny. Well, that's a, wow. I mean, he didn't quit his job after that? No, I mean, oh, okay. he, he, was, he was moving on up. That's he good. was going to be a sergeant very shortly. I think he was a sergeant before Did he I continue left. being nice to people uh, later on or did he turn into a jerk later? Uh, he's not, he was never a jerk. Okay, that's good. Uh, but and look, I'm not recommending that kids go out and take ecstasy. Okay, if well, it, you know the recommendation, you're... it's like saying I'm not recommending kids go out and drink beer. But the yeah, fact they, is, they will. The fact is, your kid is going to drink beer. Now I don't know if your kid's going good. to take ecstasy or not. I hope that he doesn't end up with some of this bad black market ecstasy that's out there, and it's certainly out there. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. you could do something about that by lo- lobbying your po- the politicians in your local vicinity for, decrim. to, for decriminalization. Then you would see all this bad stuff on the marketplace. You have real MDMA available in the marketplace instead of the club pills, instead of the beans that you never know what you're going to get. If you're actually taking real pure MDMA, you're going to have a safer time than drinking uh, any significant amount of alcohol. If you drink a significant amount of alcohol, you're going to die. If you take a hit of straight MDMA and uh, you, you, know, you aren't dancing around uh, like a madman in uh, a, a hot club with no water around, you're going to be fine. Uh, and, but do your research. If you're going to do something like that, go to arrowid.org, E-R-O-W-I-D.org. We understand that young people are going to do these things, so it's best to get them honest information that they can use in order to keep themselves as safe as possible. It's called harm reduction. Arrowid.org is a great resource for anybody considering doing psychedelics or empathogens, etc. We'll see you Monday. Freetalklive.com in the meantime. Have a great weekend. Alakees.com is a community for self-learners. At Alakees, you'll find tools to help you connect with people learning the same things you're learning, tutor other community members, and to make contacts that can help you find jobs. You can also earn money by sharing your know-how with others and contributing quality content. Visit Alakees at A-L-E-K-E-S-E dot com. Again, that's A-L-E-K-E-S-E dot com.